0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold, coming to the ring from Parts Unknown, with a combined weight of 853
1: pounds. Pick a loaf and Dr. Zong!
2: Uh-oh. Ew.
0: We don't wanna be at. This ain't no old sweet home. It's a whole sweet misery. We knew when we got here. They tried to put us away, but when they see us walk down the street, they bend the other way. Bad street in L.A. Bad street in
3: the whole U.S.A. Bad street, nasty and hot. The further down the block
4: you went, the better it got.
0: Oh yeah, boy it is late tonight daddy oh. welcome to silver and gold in your ear holes.
2: I am the loaf, he is Dr. Zom.
4: Hey! What's
2: up? Uh, this week we're bringing you a little, uh, we yeah, we changed it up a little, we're doing uh, Bill Hickman drives, double feature daddy, some hickey and bogs. Uh, from 1972. My favorite baseball player growing up was Wade Boggs. And uh, the 7-Ups from 1973. Fucking A, he did play for the Yankees. Fucking just, son of a Solo. bitch. He rode a horse. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> um, these are uh, picks from uh, Dave and uh, the Three Musketeer, the, the fourth Musketeer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he has a nice little curly uh, mustache, Van Dyke goatee thing going on. Good on you, bruh. And uh, speaking of uh, Davy Mac, got a little uh, care package from him today. So uh, good timing on that. A little thank you, if you will, with a lot of some spicy jarred up Texas yummies. Um, this like spicy vegetable stuff in a in a jar, and I <laughs> ate almost half the fucking thing, and I'm dying, and I love it. S-
4: Wait okay. till it comes out.
2: I was eating it over the sink. It was awesome. It's like you know, like carrots and peppers and all kinds of shit and vinegar and it's spicy as hell and I liked it a lot. So thank you for that, sir. So yeah, Tom, how are you? How are you? I've got a I've got a spicy belly. How are you doing?
4: Oh, um I thought that we were gonna have something in common. Um this week because i came home from work the other day and as soon as i came in the base i always come in the basement let the dogs out go upstairs as soon as i got upstairs i was like fuck man it's cold in here Uh uh-oh and i and my first reaction was fuck wonder if somebody broke in here and busted a window out it was that cold it was 21 degrees out it was cold and uh the furnace wasn't working are you getting getting blizzard snow? No, 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 no we no. just uh, we got some, but it, it's like just nothing, nothing substantial. Not even an inch, probably. Um, ended up, it was. Wait a minute. Oh, I started to th- burp, but I might throw up. Uh, oh, ooh, there was a little chunk that was in there. That was some uh, flounder. Um, but what it was was um. Uh, I went down, and I actually took the panel off and turned the gas off, waited so many minutes, turn it back on, and it started up. And it ran all day until it was time to go to work all night. You know, come home the next morning, and it was off again. Well, then when I tried to start it, it would, it would fire up, and then it would just die out, fire up, die out. So I had to call somebody. They came out, uh, took care of business, and the entire time they were here, I was sitting upstairs and just almost ready to doze off, f- fucking freezing. I don't know why I <laughs> had to put a damn sweater on or a sweatshirt or a blanket or whatever. But they got it fixed. Everything's cool. We're we're warm. We're toasty. That's good. Yeah. And the funny good. thing was, right when they were leaving, I had my checkbook and I thought, okay, well, you know, how much is it? I'll write you a check. And they just walked out to their van, and I walked out behind them, and the guy was putting stuff in the van. He looked over at me like, you know, he is all. They'll bill you. I'm like, <laughs> what? I don't okay. know the sound of that. <laughs> so, I'm sure I'll get a nice big surprise in the mail. Surprise! Surprise!
2: I got a nice big surprise in the mail. My, As I said already, my f- or to you, my, uh, my four-disc Father's Day Blu-ray set. It is mm-hmm. number 2598 of 5,000, and I'm quite excited to dig into this. It has the uh, soundtrack included. It also has some short films by Astron 6. Um, so yeah, I'll be talking about Father's Day a little bit. So, uh, what have you been watching this week?
4: The Flyers beat the Hurricanes mm. twice. Twice
2: since we last recorded, the fucking Flyers beat the Hurricanes twice. That's the
4: only team they can beat. That's what's God funny. Damn it! You do have bad luck because they can't beat anybody else. <laughs> um, 50% I made the list of your
2: goddamn wins.
4: Well, you know, so you know, n- neither team's going anywhere, so it doesn't fucking matter.
2: Right, Carolina's still above the red line, baby. Still and, in the playoffs. And,
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, with this shortened season, I think we're pretty much fucked. So it, you know, I'm I'm bitter. I'm just fucking bitter. I'm bitter about everything. Somebody posted something about Valentine's Day, and uh, I kind of had a uh, a bitter rant about uh, uh, that. Uh, how many commercials do you see where they're telling a woman that if they want to show their their true love for their for their man, that they should spend three months. It's only three months salary <laughs> yeah. and how much, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just bitter, but I don't care. You know, you <laughs> deserve some, I mean, you know, and they'll be like, well, you get your, you get your, uh, uh, gift. Like every time I spread my legs or something, like go fuck yourself, <laughs> no, go fucking fuck yourself. <sighs> Wait, a minute, let me catch my breath. Now blood pressure's going up. <laughs> I watched, um, Uh, The first episode of Band of Brothers Uh, the other day. My friend Gary had it, and uh, I like it. It's good. I mean, you know, it's got a good good cast and uh, Mm -hmm. got some good stuff in there. Nice to see David Schwimmer. He's acting like a fucking douche (laughs) because, I I mean, he might be the nicest guy in the fucking world. He'd probably be a horror hounder, but he just, ugh. Ugh. Um, I did see a little bit of Scream 2. Mm-hmm. and was just surprised how much I, I was attracted to Courtney cock because she had on some really super fucking tight clothes. But <laughs> then I saw her kissing David Arquette and I was reminded of you know, what a fucking she, she must the, have. The fact that She
2: still does that.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I watched the ninth gate with Johnny Depp. That's a um, Roman Polanski uh pseudo i don't know mystery horror thriller deal uh franklin is really good in that one i like i like the concept of it too where it's like uh, yeah, yeah, depp is uh, a uh, uh, antique book uh dealer mm-hmm. or whatever swindler dealer and everything else so it's kind of a kind of a cool concept uh, uh-huh. and it's got the, the 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 main chick in it is actually roman polanski's uh Main check in real life now. Oh, nice. Uh let's see. I'm checking these off as I go, I'm making a chicken chicken list daddy. Uh I watched The Playroom. Uh, this was on iTunes. Um uh, it's kind of like a pre release thing where you can rent it. Right, right. Uh this had um uh John Hawks from Oh what the God damn it! The Jennifer Lawrence Winter's Bone. Uh and from it's, the
2: from the new movie The Sessions with Naked Hill. Yes.
4: And, and this one um It was a choice between watching, because The Sessions is on there, too, uh, watching The Sessions or watching The Playroom. And The Playroom's description sort of sounded like um, the movie Ice Storm, Mm. kind of like a 1970s family, and the parents are maybe, you know, little swingers or something, swing action. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was good. It's mostly from the kids' perspective. Uh it's a it's a pretty good movie. It's it's not it's not like, you know, goddamn Revelation or or super great, but it's good. Um I watched El Gringo on the um I'm trying to think who t- said that uh that was their action movie of the year last year. Was
2: that, sort of, uh Nick? Might have been. He called in the voicemail about, about all the Scott Adkins movies.
4: Yeah, Scott Adkins. Um I beg to differ. <laughs> oh boy, this one was—I don't know. It's—it's it, a—it's it's, uh, kind of you know what it kind of reminds me of is an action version of the movie U uh, Turn um, with Sean Penn and uh, I'm trying to think of who else is in that Jennifer Lopez, Sean Penn, Nick mm-hmm. Nolte, um, and uh, I think Powers Booth, maybe. Um, sort of like that. It's—it's. It's, Goes for some comedy uh, with the action and the dirty, you know, kind of scummy shit. It, it, it was all right. It was okay. I, I just, I, am I'm sorry. I'm just. It wasn't my my bag. <laughs> um, let's see. I watched Army of Shadows uh, because everybody was talking about it. I've seen it already. I bought it, uh, and I just decided to watch it again. This movie's fucking awesome. It's it's really good. It's it's uh, you know just the just a fucking good movie. You should watch it.
2: I know I need to. I, when I, I've got a little list going for stuff I'm going to watch when I finally finish my, my 2012s. Uh, it's,
4: it's, it is, I don't know. I hate to give it a big build up and then you think it sucks. So I won't say, <laughs> um, I watched a league of their, a uh, league of their own. Um, this is almost kind of like a, when we watch groundhog day, um, because I usually don't go back and watch too many comedies. When I'm on like Netflix Instant or whatever, I very rarely look through the comedies to watch something. But this is just really fucking good. Tom Hanks was just awesome in this. And uh, all the girls were good. Lori Petty was good. Uh, uh, Gina oh, – what the fuck's her name? Sh- no, no, no. The, the, the one that I was who, in
2: – I've never seen this one, so I don't know.
4: Oh, it well, was oh, fuck a fucking duck. It was the, the the one that was in the one with uh where she's the the super spy with Samuel Jackson and uh something. Oh, uh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah, she was really good at Madonna's in it. Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, it's just but Tom Hanks just fucking is is great. He's funny as shit. Um, good baseball movie. Actually, I mean you know it's it's about girls baseball, but it's actually really good if you like baseball, which you do. I uh, do hanks is funny oh he's funny (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i watched a movie called moonlighting mistress now i had like you know i don't know how how long probably goddamn six days to write down everybody that was in these movies the dates (laughs) directed them but i waited until about five minutes before we did the show so this is a really sleazy fucking movie. It's um it, it, it's a like a late 60s, maybe 1971 or something like that. Uh it's dubbed, so I think it was Italian. <laughs> but it is it takes every opportunity to, to have the girls just uh, like fucking just drop trowel and show <laughs> everything. Uh, but it, it it's kind of like a thriller swindler uh cheapy Um, I I I got that through uh, an eFray each lay. I remember one time uh, Will and I talking about how we got all these fucking movies on these external hard drives, and you know never watch them. Well, I'm fucking just about caught up. That was that was uh, probably a year, maybe or two years ago, something. And it's funny that all these movies I never thought I would watch, I have pretty much burned through them. Um, Watch Sex and Fury yeah uh, which is pretty awesome seeing somebody like I've said a million times somebody fighting naked is kind of a not <laughs> fun it's not sexy, it's not fun oh ugh, crack my neck uh but it's still good i I've seen that before um had uh Christina Lindbergh and it's showing her big knockers uh the long goodbye was on this um uh, that is Elliot Gould, Sterling Hayden. Uh, it's a good movie. Good movie. Philip Marlowe, uh, not your average um, uh, PI.
2: Gumshoe. Gum
4: Gumshoe. Um, but yeah, Elliot Gould. You know, he's he's really good at it. And you get to see uh, probably the first screen appearance of Arnold Schwarzenegger, very young, uh, and he has a mustache. I'll uh, see. I watched a movie called Dead Cert with J- uh, Dame Judy Dench. Uh, this was on this. I think it was probably on after The Long Goodbye. And uh, mm-hmm. it's about horse racing uh, and fixing, like uh, people uh, kind of um, doping and drugging and fixing horse races and uh, conspiracy to cover up shit. It's pretty good. I'd never heard of it before. You uh, check them out. I watched a movie called the A Late Quartet. This is also on iTunes. Uh, you know, before they're in the theater deal, mm-hmm. it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman and um, oh god, uh, what's her name? She was the chick that uh, Steve Carell was in love with in Forty Year Old Virgin. Catherine Keener. Uh, Catherine Keener. Yeah. Which is a re re uh, re teaming of. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Catherine Keener, cuz they were in Capote together and Christopher Walken is in it and also and I cannot remember what the guy's name is the guy who is Yuri Boykas uh like a promoter and buddy that's like always in the first movie he's eating like uh carrots and celery and bitching cuz oh. he said he's still hungry all the time and then in the in the last one he fucking finally eats like a cheeseburger or something he's in it he, there's it's it's about a, a musical quartet and he is that guy is the lead violinist. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the second violin. I think uh, Walken is a cellist, and I can't remember what Keener plays. Probably the meat flute. Um, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's not great, but uh, it's just uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman has uh, you know some scenes in it, and just watching him do like a, a nice long dialogue or rant and fucking walking was good in it. Um and you know they were all good, but it's it's just kind of an understated movie. Um I watched a movie called Spread and the only reason I watched it is cuz Howard Stern recommended it. Uh, <laughs> uh cuz let me tell you who stars in it and and then you'll know that that's the only reason I watched it. Ashton Kutcher. Ooh. Fuck a duck. I can't stand that fucking douche. <laughs> and um but it's all about um like say people that were the prom queen, prom king, football, uh, you know, star, and maybe like a head cheerleader or something like that in high school. And they, and and then all these types of people end up gravitating to LA because they think they're going to be discovered. And it, this, this dude, the, the concept of it is that guys like that, they're really handsome and they, and, and well-built and everything. So, they never work. They just kind of latch on to different women,
5: Mm
4: -hmm. uh, almost like gigolos, you know, or as that's what they are. And, um, And you just kind of mooch and sponge and live off them, and uh, it's Anne Hae is the milf that he kind of hooks up with. Mm -hmm. And man, it's got a lot of sex in it and a lot of nudity. And Anne Hae looks pretty goddamn good. I've never been like here and or there about her, but uh, yeah, she shows a lot of uh, stuff. (laughs) And uh, you know, he's fucking sticking his hand down in her puss and everything else. And you know, Um, got some other hot young chicks that he fucks in it too. But he's a douche, and he just he's trying to. to me it seemed like he was trying way too hard to prove that he was heterosexual Mm. and uh he probably is in real life but i just think he he's not a dramatic star he's if he plays a dude like a 70s guy or dude wears my car but i mean i don't know he just uh, to me he can't pull off being a dramatic Mm. actor um prince of the city with treat williams awesome fucking movie uh you'll never watch it because it's long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well somebody somebody mentioned that recently somewhere else. And I don't yeah, on GGTMC. Okay, okay.
4: It's fucking awesome. I watched again. It's on YouTube, the whole thing in one big part. Uh and it's good quality on there too. Um fucking just awesome. Uh, awesome, awesome. I love awesome. that movie. Um I watched again on YouTube the uh, the Steve McQueen movie La uh, I've talked about that before with the car races and everything. Um, it's good. Just it, it, fucking hardly any dialogue in it, just here and there. Uh I watched, uh, I bought, and it came in the mail Mandingo, which yeah. is. A, a I've only
2: seen Drum.
4: <laughs> yeah. Ken Norton, uh, Sujin George, uh, James Mason. This movie, I have um, mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I was watching it while I was riding the Gazelle. And I'm just sitting there thinking, God, this movie is just pathetically fucking racist, stupid, melodramatic shit. But
2: Warren Oates is in the in the in Drum. Drum's, I think Drum is like the the low budget remake.
4: <laughs> Dude, this is a fucking low budget fucking piece. Of, I don't know. I mean, it just the, the, the white people are so despicable and oh, yeah. so, and so fucking stupid. Like James Mason has he got the rheumatism. I got the <laughs> rheumatism. Or you know, I got the, the rheumatism in my feet, and they tell him that if he puts a black kid like on the floor, and then he sits in his rocking chair with his feet on the black kid's stomach, that the rheumatism like, like, an, like an Ottoman. <laughs> it'll soak out of his feet into the kid. Or something. Oh,
2: okay. I can see that working.
4: Yeah, it's just like he's using these these (laughs) kids as a footrest. It's it's sickening. It's just the whole fucking movie.
2: Oh wait, that would you don't wait? You don't think that would work? That's so
4: fucking stupid. The only thing I wanted to get to was fucking Ken Norton, fucking Susan. (laughs) 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 I seriously, I was watching. I was like, man, and and there's you know in Django when they have the mandingo fight thing. Mm -hmm they have uh, like with Ken Norton and this other guy and man it's it's just like it was brutal and it was just kind of like uh this is horrible i think, uh, I, think I
2: think Yafet Koto's in the in drum was i think he was kind of like the older guy that kind of taught him the ropes it it sounds like pretty much the same story honestly
4: it's just it just was really i mean i i knew it got a lot of heat uh for being just ultra racist and yeah, yeah. and everything and it really was it was just blah. Uh, I watched uh, Vixen, Russ Meyer. Yeah, I, wa- I haven't watched that. I have it, and I never watched it. And I started watching it the other day. <clears throat> Tell you something, the movie's awesome. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, like watching this. And Russ Meyer, I've said it before when we reviewed. Uh, what was that one we reviewed with? Uh, uh, I don't
2: remember the Charles Napier one. I don't remember the name of it.
4: But Jesus Christ, he fucking picks the best women. And he knows how to shoot him. He knows how to make him. I'm sitting there, and my balls—I can just feel my balls, like fucking, like earnest. <laughs> they just went, and you know, you just feel the fucking <laughs> flame kick on. I'm like, God damn, this is good.
2: <laughs> the two, the lesbian scene.
4: Oh, man! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, it's like uh, uh, when she takes the one dude, and she goes, uh, "Let's uh, let." The guy says, uh, "I, I'm not catching any fish." The other woman's husband. <laughs> she says, "Well, I know a hole up around the corner here. Let's go up here." And she takes me up there, and and the other chick starts trying to hit on her husband, and and he's like, "Mrs. So and So, I'm married <laughs> and a professional." You know, they make the guys such yeah, douchebags. Uh, and then and oh, it was just awesome. I fuck that movie is great. I'm putting a, I'm I'm actually putting I, I put a check mark beside of it. I'm gonna make a big square around it. Vixen.
2: That <laughs> oh, that check mark has been squared. It's
4: better than fucking porn because I mean, even though they don't actually show, like it's just I don't know, man. Whew, he knew how to shoot it. Uh, let's see. I watched that'll be the okay this morning. I recorded uh, the Love That Album podcast, and we reviewed um, That'll Be The Day with David Essex uh, and Ringo Starr and um, its sequel, the movie Stardust. I never heard of either one of these. And uh, Morris, uh, Love That that Album, uh, recommended them, sent them to me, goddamn Jesus Christ, probably six months ago. And uh, I finally watched them. Uh, and if you want to hear what I have to say about it, uh, he's going to be posting it sometime this week. We recorded this morning, so it'll be coming up. Uh, and check those movies out, man. They're 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 worth a watch. And if you like music, I, I actually told him when we were recording, you know, that I know you like music, and and this and that. It's a, it's a good movie to watch. Cool. Or two movies. I'm sorry. Uh, and it's got some um, some sex in it. <laughs> yeah. Both them. I watched, uh, started watching this morning, and I didn't. I haven't finished it yet. The The Tall Man with Jessica Biel on Netflix. Instant. It's been around. People have been talking about it online. So I thought, and they always say it's not what you think or not what they thought it would be. So I put it in. I'm gonna have to finish that one. Uh, maybe once once we get off here. Yeah. And I um got online uh, maybe a week or two ago and ordered uh, these two Senichiba. Uh, yes. Seth, one of them is the Street Fighter, uh, uh, Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter, and Street was it Street Fighter's Revenge or the Street last Street
2: Fighter's Revenge? Then there's like Sister Street Fighter, and there's a second one of Sister. I think he appears in those too. Yeah.
4: And then I got another one, which was uh, Sonny Chiba Samurai movies. But anyway, I started watching Street Fighter. Um, I have not seen Street Fighter really, and,
2: oh, I love that movie.
4: Oh my God, it's it's entertaining as shit. Yes. <laughs> And his and his uh, kung fu, uh, or karate, whatever the fuck it is, uh, it's just awesome. Uh, some of the shit that he does with like the fingers to the eyeballs, <laughs> and, and like, and, and I always love in these old. Uh, Did you martial- finish it? No, I haven't finished it uh, yet. Okay, okay, because we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I started. I got sidetracked. I was watching it diligently, mm-hmm. and then I started cooking. And while I was cooking, I started listening to. Uh, Dolph's commentary on Universal Soul. <laughs> nice. And it's fucking, it's got some, fu- he says some funny shit that I don't know if he meant for it. To be- I think he did. <laughs> because, like, you know, there's one part he was like, yeah, I like the full frontal nudity parts in this, that's really good. And I uh, just... He meant to I, say it.
2: He's, yeah, he did. he's not like, a dumb guy. <laughs> he
4: said that, uh, the, the, um, John Hyams is doing the commentary with him, the director. Mm-hmm. He says something about uh unintentionally Dolph has the only unintentionally funny parts in the movie and Dolph goes, yeah, I'm sorry about that because I guess he, he did like when Arlovsky comes into the brothel mm-hmm. Dolph's in there with his white shirt and everything and he comes in and they start to fight. And when Arlovsky's kind of he hits him over the head with a bottle and Arlovsky turns around and Dolph does the two hands out to his side like, come on. <laughs> I guess he must not have supposed to. Do. He did stuff that just that he just threw in there himself. Oh right. We ended up being kind of funny, and he was like, "Sorry," and the guy's like, "Oh no, yeah, it's great. I think it's great." That's anyway, fine. so I was listening to that, and I haven't finished Street Fighter, so I have to finish The Tall Man and Street Fighter. Yeah. So get off here.
2: Um. Yeah. We'll hurry. Um. Let's see. Uh. I continued. Twenty twelve. Crama lama ding dong. And um, I watched uh, one called Tai Chi Zero. Um, I believe this is a, Hon- I assume Hong Kong movie because Sammo Hung was the action director of it. Um, this is kind of like it's 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 kind of in the vein of of uh, Shaolin Soccer, one of those. Um, it's, but not not as not as slapstick humor but it's got some very unique ways of presenting things. There's elements of it that even look like a video game. Um, there's a guy, basically the story is a guy, he, um, he's he got this thing called the something horn. It's basically like a bump on his head. And <clears throat> whenever this bump is like hit, it makes his eyes like glow like fire and he goes nuts and just fucking is super strong. And But the result of this is that it, it, the, the bump is getting darker and darker. And uh, when it turns black, he will die. So he's trying to find a lighter way to fight, thus Tai Chi. And uh, he goes to this, like, remote mountain village and blah, blah, blah. And they won't let him in the village because only people from the village are allowed to learn this type of boxing. So it's funny. There's, like, rounds of, like, Street Fighter, basically, where he's trying to get in. And, like, there's one, one of the rounds, like... Uh, it actually shows like round one fight or whatever. And one of the rounds, this little girl even kicks his ass. Um, it's funny. It's, it's good. And it's, it's a there's going to be a sequel for it. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like, there's like steampunk stuff mixed in there too. So there's like, uh, you know, a, these giant like steam powered machines and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it was entertaining. I liked it. Um, some really good fighting in it. Uh, you know with uh, some of the the tai chi stuff which is always entertaining um let's see i watched uh harakiri death of a samurai and i know will and sammy both watched that recently and it is everything they say it is, it is that's the new one yes the Mike remake of the of the one this is on uh, amazon prime for free if you have that um
4: do you have to pay for Amazon Prime?
2: Yeah, it's an eighty dollar a year thing where you get like free shipping on Amazon and you get their video service.
4: Ah, oh, so, I see. Because I was gonna say you said for free, but then you have to pay for it. So, well, I was well yeah, a- if
2: you buy the, it, I have Amazon Prime, and then when you have it, you get to watch. They have they put they put certain videos on. Prime for free, and this is one of them. When my wife and I have been watching the sh- the, the show Fringe on Amazon Prime because the whole show's on free there. So um, this is, uh, it, I mean, this is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. It's fucking yeah. great. Um, I didn't recognize any of the actors, but uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not well versed in uh, especially now, now present day modern. I mean, present day Asian cinema. So, but this is this is awesome. This is really good, and it's not. It's not the Samurai movie I thought, uh, go, you know, when you... Like with 13 Assassins, like that was... There was
4: nobody from Kentucky in it.
2: Right. Well, no, when I say that, when I say it's not like a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah
4: that, that one finally caught up to you. That was <laughs> like <took> a second.
2: <laughs> the, um, you know, with 13 Assassins, it's like the last 40 minutes is all one yeah. big fight scene. There's not a lot of fight scenes at all in this. It's all kind of like the story building up, and it's really what? good it's 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 really good i promise all right um another one that caught me by surprise um is one that um i saw the trailer for so when initially i saw this movie uh coming out with the cast i thought it looked pretty awesome it's also directed by i'll read some of the cast here michael pitt isn't it kind of sam rockwell colin farrell Mm. christopher walken um, Harry Dean Stanton is in it. Well, how uh, the fuck
4: did I not say? Because I watched Harrelson? that too, and it's not on my. Oh, okay. I went by it after El Gringo. All right, go ahead. I know what you're going to say because okay. I watched it too. We can talk about it.
2: Well, okay. It, now it's it's directed by Martin McDonough, who also did uh, In Bruges, which I love. This is Seven mm-hmm. Psychopaths. Now, Seven Psychopaths is, I, I when I saw the trailer for it, I was excited at first, and then I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, this looks dumb as shit, <laughs> and the trailer just made it look awful, um, but enough people told me you know trust us movie's good watch it and i did and it's fucking awesome it was really fucking awesome what did you think
4: i thought it was funny i I, there at one point um i i uh toward the end i was like jesus christ there's 20 fucking more minutes (laughs) but then the 20 minutes that that you know that we're left, we're good. Yeah. So it it was, it just kind of get long. I was like, okay, they should be wrapping this up. And I looked and I was like, oh, God damn, there's 20. What What the <laughs> hell else more could they have to do? But it ended up being, yeah. those 20 minutes ended up being good. I, really uh, I thought like Sam Rockwell was funny as shit. He was. Uh, uh, yeah. I love
2: Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken was really good in it too.
4: He did some, uh, Rockwell did some stuff that, Uh, surprised me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know I was like holy shit you know (laughs) Uh, and before I even know well you know no, I'm not gonna say anything about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was funny. It was good. It yeah. was entertaining.
2: Yeah, I really I liked it a lot. And, and then, Colin
4: Farrell was good.
2: He was. Um, I really like uh McDonough. You know, did you you've seen him Bruges, right? Yeah, yeah, that yes. was a good. Movie. I, you know, I really liked that a lot. So I don't know why. I'd, you know, I just I, I trusted the trailer and I doubted it and I shouldn't have. So
4: well, it did look stupid.
2: Yeah, the trailer made it look yeah. it made it. Trailer made it look like screwball comedy, some or some shit. And I'm like, what? Come on.
4: It was pretty dark. It was just you know, it was, it dark. was dark. And I thought the, I thought. The
2: entire movie was going to be about the shit zoo. When the way that's the way they kind of yeah. make the trailer look is that the whole movie is going to be about this one. D- dog.
4: We, honest to God, when you just said that, I thought, did I miss something? What the hell are you talking about? A shit zoo, like a <laughs> zoo full of shit? You hit, it's the dog? Oh
2: yeah. my God, have you seen that stupid <laughs> that stupid hippopotamus video that's kind of floating around right now, where it like farts for like thirty seconds and his tail's like flapping around, blowing shit everywhere? <laughs>
4: See that every day if I look in the mirror,
2: <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I always like really if you it. lay on your
4: back and you fart, and, and your dick just goes.
2: Um, let's see. I watched.
0: What else did you watch?
2: I watched uh, the Sound of My Voice. Um, this That's we better. had at the theater. Um, this was uh. Starring Britt Marling, who has been quite busy. She was she was in Arbitrage this year, and uh, Sound of My Voice, and the, uh, the movie uh, Another Earth from 2011. Um, now, this one I heard really good things about. I don't know. I, it, it it was good. Um, as you know, right now, since I'm kind of trying to just target things that I think might fall in top thirty when I watch one that probably will not be. I might like kind of let down by it, so I was let yeah. down by this one, even though it's a good movie. Um, I have problems with the very end of it a little bit, and because I kind of, I kind of I, I see the end coming, and I don't know. I didn't feel it was handled the right way. I'm not a writer, so I don't know how the fuck that would be. But anyway,
4: it was by the right. time you guys get this list put together, it's going to be next year. Yeah, I <laughs> know. in 2014.
2: <laughs> and then I well, it sounded my voice. It's about a um. It's about these two people cr- trying to do an underground documentary about uh, like this kind of this cult that is forming of this woman that says she's a time traveler, and Britt Marling plays the the time traveler. And it's it's very very low budget, and they kind of these people they have to like you know strip down, wash themselves, and put on these robes, and then they are driven blindfolded to this house where they go into the basement and kind of sit around while this woman talks to them, and they're trying to turn it into a documentary. And it's kind of the two of them experiencing this and you know, how their reactions to it and stuff like that. So it's all right. Um, I watched Sound of Noise, which I was actually excited about. And this is a, I think Swedish movie. Um, this is about a, uh, a tone deaf, uh, police, police officer who hates music, who is confronted with a uh, deal. He's, he's has to deal with a group of, of musical terrorists who, are tr- basically just i know it's weird it and they're basically just they're basically artists that live in this like warehouse and they're trying to just they're sick of like apparently like there's these speakers posted all over like on posts all over the town that play this shitty music all the time so they're wanting to just kind of like do this like guerrilla music attack and they just like break into places and make these big like kind of like um what was the name of that the the group that would t- stomp you know like they would just kind of make music out of regular things and that's kind of what this is and there's some of the it, it, i like the way it starts they you know they break into a hospital and there's a guy that's going to have surgery and all of them are dressed up as doctors and they're using various like music like a uh, medical equipment and stuff in the operating room while and beating on the guy's chest to make a song <laughs> and um mm. <laughs> it's 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 i don't know i like the first like half of it it starts to focus too much for me on the police officer and i'm not really like are you sure somebody's
4: not fucking with you
2: <laughs> what do you mean
4: like saying hey this will be in your top 30 you should watch this that's no, well, a joke
2: sound of my voice well both of these i just came across them on uh sound of uh sound of my voice was on instant and mm-hmm. and i remembered we played sound of my voice and sound of noise at the same time at the theater and The Sound of Noise was one I meant to watch. So I just watched them at the same time. <laughs> um, so it, I don't know. Some of the music's good. But I, honestly, I didn't like the last two songs they did. And when the hook of your mu- movie is your, you know, you have some cool songs, like percussion songs. <laughs> um I watched uh, another one on Instant, Jeff Who Lives at Home. Sammy watched this one a couple weeks ago.
4: Um, oh, yeah. I think I saw that. Well, who, uh, well that was um,
2: Jason Siegel, Ed Helms, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really good. Really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, Jason Siegel is, is, I like how they always call him Sasquatch and stuff. Um, Ed Helms is not his normal kind of underdog goofy character. He's actually kind of a douchebag in this one, which is kind of funny. And I like Susan Sarandon a lot. Um, she was really good. Uh this is a good movie you should check it out it's only like an hour and 25 minutes long and um uh, again by you know, this is one I almost judged from the poster I thought it was going to be some like stoner comedy or something but it wasn't at all I liked it uh, do? I watched well I can talk about it except I, <laughs> I can't form a complete judgment on this yet but I watched the documentary the imposter which you brought up uh, uh-huh. a couple weeks ago except the the i was watching it in the last 20 minutes got fucked up so i i didn't go i forgot to go back and finish it because i had to work and um yeah so i haven't seen the last 20 minutes so i don't know how this ult- the story is ultimately resolved
4: dude you gotta see the last 20 minutes
2: i know i know um, dude i watch it tonight um it's <laughs> i'm i'm just I'm, I'm really i was like chomping at the bit to figure out how the fuck is this going to wrap up this is good, and I don't want to. I want to say as little as possible. Um, I was surprised in the first five minutes, honestly, because I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be something different. Anyway, documentary, and if you read the uh, synopsis, um, you'll kind of get a groundwork, and yeah, the imposter. Um, let's see. I watched, uh, and I think Will actually mentioned this one, and this is, wouldn't have been on my radar at all. But the CM Punk Best in the World. This is one of the WWE documentaries, and this was actually really good. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't have any matches in it. It's got a lot of old footage from his ring of honor days and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I knew punk first from, um, I kept up with some of the IWA mid South stuff. Yeah. IWA mid South is kind of a, a garbage league. Uh, they do a lot of just death matches, barbed wire shit. And stuff. Ian Rotten. Yeah. But they have starting in like 2002, they started having these annual, the Ted Petty Invitational. Yeah, Um, that was uh, Rocco Rock. Rock Yeah, one of the uh, one of the Public Enemy. Public Enemy. Yeah. And so when he passed away, they started doing a. I don't know what the charity was for exactly. Maybe it was for his family or something. But um, they started putting this annual thing on. And these this IWA Mid South is kind of like nothing, you know, league in
4: the charity was probably paying Ian Rotten's fucking bills.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
4: fat fuck
2: the um, the you know this little league and. Where do, they're like in Kentucky and Ohio, that area, I think. Yeah, and um, but they would get I mean, they'd get some names in there, like Samoa Joe would come and compete and stuff. And then that's kind of where I saw him first. Um, but this, uh, this is interesting because I never actually heard this is kind of that kind of builds up to this famous, now famous rant that he had. And I don't know if you've seen that rant uh-huh. of his in 2011, he was he had been with WWE for. Six years, I think, at that point, and he had had the title twice. And I
4: heard about it. I think I heard about it because Justin told me.
2: Well, finally, you know, (laughs) he was he was letting his contract expire, and it was like pretty much his next to last day. And for whatever reason, the powers that be said, "Give him a mic and let him say what he wants to." And something had happened with Cena, and and basically, Punk just goes out onto the little ramp there and sits down cross legged and just like tears everybody a new one i was i was amazed they eventually turned his mic off and i don't know if that was a work or not
4: well you know uh that's what i was gonna say you know how like uh uh searching for sugar man when you found out stuff that yeah okay well i won't tell you <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it was, it was it was still it was still pretty cool regardless of this if it was a, a worked shoot or not it was interesting that they allowed some of the things to him to say. You know, him. To
4: uh, I, I've always been of the mind when it comes to wrestling, and I've heard this before, and I think it holds true. Uh If it's on TV, it's, it's a fucking work. Okay. Because they could cut. I mean, they could just cut the fucking mic or cut the fucking camera anytime they wanted. Yeah. And either go to a commercial or go to another segment or something like that. So yeah well, nah, was, whatever but you know, it hey, was, you know it was really
2: cool to see how he's kind of turned around because I had always known him you know I, I used to he's been on Colt Cabana's show I don't know if you still listen to the podcast he's been on there a few times and you know <gasps> he always seemed like a very impersonable guy like he didn't really want to get messed with and he's still kind of like that sometimes but it seems like he's really turned around a lot as far as like uh, uh, becoming a leader in the locker room and stuff so it was it was a good watch I liked it yeah. Um, I watched uh, Pieta, which is a Kim ki Duck Korean movie. And this movie was pretty fucked up. Um, I liked it quite a bit. This is another 2012 Kramer Llama. Um, this is about a guy who um, he works for a, 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 a loan shark um, who basically they give people like three grand. They have a month to pay it back. At the same time with these people, they sign a health insurance policy saying if this person is ever grievously injured they get paid a certain amount after a month they come back they say all right you owe us you know 30,000 now and of course nobody can ever pay so this guy's job is to like cut their hand off or break their legs or something Ugh. like that so that they um have to they they can just claim it on insurance and they can take that money
4: Jesus Christ.
2: So, uh, in this, you know, you get this guy's life and he looks pretty miserable. He lives in this tiny, shitty apartment. And he's got like fucking like chicken guts on his bathroom floor and stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, but he, his, this lady, this middle aged lady starts following him around saying she's his mother. Um, so, there's a lot of, there's a lot of religious iconography in it and stuff like that. Uh, the, the Pieta is the, um, or Pieta, I don't know how to pronounce it. It, it's the, this Michelangelo sculpture of Mary holding Jesus after he was beaten or crucified, whichever it was. Um, it's it's a good movie. It's not an easy watch. I mean, there's some rough stuff in it. Um, he cuts part of his thigh off at one point and like makes her eat it. Oh. <laughs> you don't see him cut it, but he hands her a, a chunk of meat basically and says, "If you're my mom, you'll eat this." And as she's oh, chewing, fuck. as she's chewing on it. She, You know, the whole body of Christ. Thing. He's
4: like, hey, guess what, bitch? It's well, my she, see, she
2: sees blood running down on his shoe. And then, you know, yeah. Um, well, I see.
4: mean, you know, well, I mean, whatever.
2: Could have been his dick. It's kind of um, <laughs> I watched uh, Himizu. Um, this is a, a Japanese uh, kind of a telling of a, a, a manga from the early 2000s. This is a, this, uh, who directed this? His name is Sono. Um, apparently I need to see more of his movies because I have not seen any except for this one. Um, this is about a, a, a kid who he basically, basically he's got two pieces of shit parents and they, he got, he gets left alone. He's 14 years old and he gets left alone to take care of this, uh, like boat rental hut. And, um, he, uh, he kind of like loses his shit throughout the movie I don't know. This t- This one, is, it doesn't take place in the early 2000s like the manga. This one actually uses um, the Fukushima area. Uh, this it, it takes place like three months after the tsunami. And they show a lot of like destruction and stuff like that. Some of this movie I really liked. Uh, it really started feeling like it wore its welcome by the end. I just don't know how I really felt about it. I like the ultimate message of it. And we kind of had a, a positive message, which I believe he's not really known for Sono's not really known for he's kind of a a Beat poet or something like that, but he does these films that are well one of them this uh, one that everybody's telling me to watch is oh, What's the name of it? It's it, It's basically it's love something and it's like it's like four hours long or something like that. So he makes yeah,
4: I can see you sitting through that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: um, and the last thing I watched, uh, uh, this one was quite a surprise. Uh, I forgot about it and I don't remember even remember what made me, you know what it was? Somebody posted a, a picture of the poster from some look, one of those new, uh, it looks like a biker, like a real, tr- like trashy biker movie. Huh? And, um, but it made, it reminded me the poster looked like the film father's day, which I'd wanted to see last year and I completely forgot about it. So I I checked that out, and this movie is—it's a ten thousand dollar budget, um, it—and it's fucking awesome. It's—I uh, was really shocked. There's some—I mean, it is one of the gorier movies I've seen in a while. Uh, the main guy is very Canadian. <laughs> he drinks maple syrup and has an eye patch, and like, it's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, it's fun. I liked it a lot, and it, by the end of the movie, it just gets absurd. Um, this the group that did it, Astron Six. I don't know if this is one person or a group of people, but they have some like the way the movie is presented is like you're watching a late night television. So it shows like the you know tonight on the late night blah blah blah, and it shows the lineup of the movies coming, and it, st- it pauses in the middle of the movie for a commercial for what's coming up next. And I, I liked it; it was really good. Um, yeah, you so have the, been
4: gushing over it.
2: I have. I was. I'm shocked at how how much fun I had with it. Um and I bought the four discs the four disc troma set. So yeah, good stuff. What
4: does fun mean? I don't when know. When people talk about movies being fun, what does that
2: mean? I don't think movies can really be fun, so I probably shouldn't have said that at all. Yes. You're just being silly now. And that was uh, that was all I watched. So I'm I'm about wrapped up with the twenty twelve and I'm thinking about releasing some uh doing some bonus shows. I know you are not really into it, but um, you you're
4: gonna get back to, after all this is over, you can get back to watching your two or three movies a fucking
2: week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty
4: much. You've been you've been churning them out, man. You've been inspired.
2: I have. I've watched let's see.
0: Somebody lit a fire under your ass. <laughs> Wildfire. <laughs>
2: um what have I? Well, how many have I watched? I th- I know I've hit over fifty already this year.
4: God damn. Um,
2: uh, let's see. I'm up to. I, and I, so I've been rating my movies. I'm at least to. Maybe I'm up. To, I may be up to 60, 60 movies for the year. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> I watched fifty in January alone, which is pretty nuts. Because that was that one week I watched like twenty three movies. So. Jesus Cristo. Jesus Cristo. Uh, let's take a break. And do you have a preference? What we which we cover first? I don't care. Why don't didn't we take do? notes? Hickey and Boggs first because <laughs> Hickman hardly drives in it. So let's let's take yeah. a break and come back and. What's up
3: do with some, that, Gordon Sully? Some I, out here, some <laughs> I spy saying, oh, part two. I some bastard. Now you gonna come out here? You ain't gonna say two fucking words. Not even drive a goddamn car. <laughs> That's
2: about it. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do Hickey and Boggs. We'll I'll be right fuck.
0: back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house.
6: You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com.
1: class to the trash.
2: should have listened to that music first
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: like, oh, come on what the fuck let's fast forward I, I didn't listen to this so I don't even know if it changes at all let's see here oh shit I missed the good part
4: we can dance if we
2: wanna <laughs> this is uh, death in Vegas your loft this is Liam's uh, pick for the week Liam Liam
4: Lee right. Neeson
2: fucking one? I know, man.
4: He has a specific set of skills.
2: He doesn't have much to do after taking two flopped. Uh Let's see, except use his big old hog to fuck ladies. Uh, our first film. Uh, nothing says uh, '70s noirish PI film like uh, this song. So Hickey and Box, <laughs> 1972. <laughs> <laughs> Starring
4: the song was about.
2: Starring Bill Cosby, Robert Culp, and a bunch of other people I don't know. Rosalind Cash. Do I know her? She played Nyona. She was in the Omega Man.
4: Oh yeah, I remember her. She was. uh, was
2: Oh, Isabel Sanford. God damn, I knew that was her. She looked so young we're moving on ah! I know I was like well that doesn't and I was like no it couldn't have been because I, I watched the Jeffersons like crazy but man she really changed look, her look a lot between would
4: you have tapped that when she was young uh,
2: probably <laughs> <laughs> she had some big old tatas
4: Tatas. the daisius tattas. Tattas. Tattas.
2: tattas okay Hickey and Box <laughs> I'm not talking about Isabel Sanford's tits <laughs>
4: And Only fucking, on Sylvan and Gold. George
2: Jefferson's little back afro. That thing was awesome. I love that show a I like lot. When he
4: would dance, God, the moves
2: so good. Um, oh, I saw
4: Mr. Bentley in a movie. I did see Mr. Bentley in a movie. It was he was in fucking Mandingo. What <laughs> a dick. He was a fucking slave trader too.
2: Uh, all right, so the uh, z- uh, z- z- uh, once you, you shouldn't even movie. let
4: him on the Jeffersons after that movie. <laughs>
2: You want to? You want a
0: synopsis?
4: <laughs> oh well, shit. Oh shit! It's a big one. Have fun.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll go read this synopsis. <laughs>
4: Jesus Christ! Well, you know what? Okay, what I was looking at and reading when you said you want a synopsis yeah. and synopsis this, and I and I uh, thought, oh shit! I better back out and get to the synopsis. It was the fucking synopsis. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> You want
4: to try? Hickey and Frank Boggs are tired, broke. Alcoholic detectives approached by a lawyer to find his girlfriend who has gone missing.
2: <laughs> That's good enough.
4: Yeah. Um, afraid, there's a goddamn, uh, what you call it, a paragraph or something there. Yeah,
2: that thing. I, I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know if that summarizes the whole movie or not. So anyway, like I said, starring uh, Bill Cosby and Robert Culp. Now, I never watched I Spy. Did you? I watched
4: it. Yeah. Okay. We were, I was I was on yeah when I was really young.
2: Was I Spy a comedy? I've never it watched
4: was, it. Was it had it was a light-hearted kind of a. It wasn't a straight-out comedy. I mean, okay. it was an a- action action like detective spy kind okay. of a thing. Okay. But it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like that goddamn remake I Spy with what Eddie Murphy and oh no. and fucking douchebag.
2: Well, this was directed by uh, Robert Culp and who plays Frank Boggs, Uh, not Wade Boggs, and um, written by a Mr. Walter Hill. Um, This appears to be Walter Hill's first movie, movie written. So um, I was like, so uh, yeah, uh, Walter Hill, gotta be okay, right? Um, Now, now, (laughs) you're laughing. Uh, I'll go ahead and say I did like this movie. So I, I thought no, was, the
4: dog was licking my toe. Oh,
2: okay. Um, with your ripped toenail. The, um,
4: oh, oh, was yeah, that, that not that, awful? Why yeah, did I post like that? Shit. And then I couldn't even look at it myself.
2: <laughs> no, it was, it was really uh, uh, odd. Now, I was saying that's why I asked if you had seen the, the uh, I Spy because I've never seen Cosby like this before.
4: Yeah, the I Spy was nothing like this. Okay.
2: I mean, he smokes these like cigarillo cigars through the whole movie he practically
4: um, deep-throats and chews on yeah, them. Yeah, he you know?
2: chews on them like crazy. Uh-oh. That was that's going to stink. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: could, I heard that.
2: Oh god, the fucking spicy vegetables attack. Uh, um
4: that's that Texas uh He's tack. very Yeah, that was <laughs>
2: ah like the bouquet um Isn't it's it weird
4: how people love the smell of their own farts everybody
2: likes their own brand if yeah, i smelled the, like the
4: smell of somebody else
2: if i smelled the exact same smell come out of somebody i'd be like
4: oh what did
2: you do uh did you shit in your pants um no <laughs> i mean cosby's serious in this he's uh you know smoking through the whole thing he even calls women bitches a few times i was like who is this now i don't think i'd ever seen him outside of a comedy before this honestly I can't think of anything. Like I said, I hadn't seen I Spy, which you said that was even lighthearted, but, I mean, the only things I'd seen him in are his sitcoms and, like, his stand-up and stuff, so... Um, it was, it was quite a, a shock for me. Um, now, you know...
4: Celebrate so Pudding Pops,
0: bitch!
2: <laughs> We're gonna get this bitch. It's um,
0: <laughs> <He's> Pudding Pops! <laughs> <laughs> uh...
2: You might want to stick to uh, Wildfire. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> Shadowbrand pops. There you Man, go. Man, Hickerson, go goddamn beat up on Jerry Lawler. <laughs> now we got some Bill Hickman. And
2: uh, yeah. Okay. So he says, uh, Bill Hickman comes in. He says, Monty, I'm taking the GTO. It's special. And I'm like, ooh, I think I know where this is going. And then he just kind of like cruises down to a, a hotel.
4: Well, and, it's, like, it's like um after you watched *I Spy*, so this movie was like a contradiction. I I, I wonder if Culp didn't say, "Okay, uh, we did *I Spy* for three years, and it was pretty successful. Uh, uh, let's." People were going to expect it to be like *I Spy*, so let's do everything the exact opposite, <laughs> and we're going to have Bill Hickman in it, and he's known for *French Connection* and 7 well, Ups*.
2: I don't. And, I don't uh, that, none of those; those have not been made by this point. God damn it. The new this goes yeah. it's out the
4: fucking window, baby.
2: <laughs> now, Bill Hickman worked in, I, I know he worked in like Westerns and stuff like that. But like I said, I've not, I don't know a lot about the guy. And we went ahead and made him a magnificent bastard without even watching his fucking movies. And that was a mistake. But um,
4: we he, corrected it. So you we did correct it. Problem. He did.
2: He worked in bullet. So I guess he was known for driving in that. Yeah. Um, and for But I was really, you know, I was kind of hoping he was going to do more like kind of Cool driving in this, and yeah, yeah. Um, you see him driving. You do see that. We're sticking to Bill Hickman drives double feature. He drives a helicopter, even, which is kind of cool.
5: Yeah, but Mm.
2: there's not really a lot of like. There's really no exciting driving in this movie at all, unless you count the dude strapping himself into the back of the car and hanging out and firing. Yeah, that was kind of. uh, That was kind of cool. I like that.
4: Yeah, it was ingenious. Mm Hmm. Um, That one bad guy was kind of a... I mean, I know he was supposed to be like a lunkhead just there for the muscle, but boy, he portrayed that part a little bit too well. uh, Just like... uh, Fucking just a dumbass, never said shit. Yeah. You know?
2: Um,
4: There was a lot of people that were near mute in this movie. Yeah. uh, yeah. uh, As far as like... Well, as far as... Because... Hickman, I mean, uh, he Hickman never f- has, he
2: has the most lines of any of the like he so. So, what Hickman is in this movie, him and these two other guys are I guess they're the soldiers, most, yeah, they're the soldiers of these counterfeiters. Um, this is the second uh, LA counterfeiting movie we've done recently, um, yeah. but the it doesn't um, have
4: William Willem Dafoe in it, though. it does
2: not at all,
4: and it's hog. <laughs> <laughs> fucking a twink 12 year old twink with a with a fucking corvette stingray
2: we've done a lot of Defoe movies um the uh the,
4: we defer to oh, Defoe. yeah
6: well <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so yeah he takes the gto and nothing really special happens now i, I like the scene that where they I like where they drive that was kind of cool uh but you know there's really not a lot of cool driving in the movie but speaking of driving I did like the um the cars that uh (laughs) that Hickey and Boggs drive um you know Hickey drives I mean Boggs drives this like gotta be early 60s maybe late 50s Thunderbird and that thing is beat to shit yeah and um Bill Cosby's car, uh, Hickey's car is even worse. I don't know what his car is. It's just little like Jesus it's like tan box. It's got a big rusty scrape down the side and he has to open the door through the window because it, <laughs> it doesn't. And it, the movie's just really downbeat and it's, that's really kind of, that's what I liked about it. Um,
4: oh, it totally goes against like what you would expect.
2: Yeah, I uh, know. When I see Bill Cosby, I was thinking it was going to be, there was going to be jokes and I guess there's jokes, but the jokes are really kind of, kind of muted i mean the biggest kind of joke in it is uh whenever um well there's a couple of funny things like whenever uh boggs parks he carries this bag around his paper bag that says out of order so he'll <laughs> just park in front of a parking meter and just put his out of order bag over the top of it um and that bag does come in handy later on but and then another funny part like when uh, when there is a shootout and he's like, of all the goddamn cars in this lot, why does mine the one that gets blown up? Well, it was pretty funny, and then he buys the same fucking piece of shit car again. But um, these guys are way down on their luck; they they can't afford to pay their phone bill. And I don't think I can't I can't recall like you know I said that I'd never I can't recall seeing Cosby outside of a comedy. I can't recall seeing a, a Private Eye movie where there is the Private Eye is not is just like a, a, a single guy. You'd get that a lot with the, you know, the PIs being kind of down in the luck. They usually have a shitty office like these guys. Um, you know, they This they're, is as shitty as it gets. These are this is as shitty as it gets. But there's two of them. And I don't know, I can't I can't remember ever seeing private investigators work as a team.
4: I think it would have been awesome. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this because people might think this might happen. No, they wouldn't. I think it would have been awesome because at one point Uh, this, the, the one lady I think tells Bill Cosby, you know, go back to your faggot, uh, friend or something like that. I
2: thought they were going to make him gay.
4: It would have been awesome if they would have been gay. That's all I'm saying. It would have added a a little, uh,
2: panache. Well, for a little, after she said that I was looking, I I thought maybe just, uh, Boggs was gay.
4: Yeah. Well, that's what I thought too, but it was, you know, whatever it wasn't. Um, It would have been awesome. No. Who would have been the who would have been the top and who would have been the bottom?
2: No, I, I think I think uh I think Hickey would have stayed straight. I think he just would have been like cool with his with his partner being gay.
4: Hmm. You think Cosby <laughs> would have been gay? Nah. No.
2: no. He, he, would, have, he would have been the top. Off, cult, he would have been the yeah, he would have been the pitcher. Because pitchers aren't gay. It's only gay when you receive. Um <laughs> The, um, the, uh, (laughs) I just totally lost my train of thought. God damn it. Um, so yeah, the, you you got the team of private investigators, but you know, this movie continues to get, I mean, really darker and darker and it's, it's kind of slow paced, but then all of a sudden you'll have just like a burst of action and there's some really just like nothing is glamorous about this movie it's not just some like flashy cop movie it's like you know they go and see this group of people and this is probably my biggest complaint with the movie and i think you're probably in the same boat as i am of who which group is who and like what the fuck any of these people have to do with each other so there's you, yeah you it
4: gets a little bit confusing
2: you ha- so you have the the gentleman that kind of starts the story i don't know i don't remember exactly how he gets in touch with Hickey and Boggs but he uh he does and that's their one job that they need to get because they're out of money they can't even pay their phone bill and um they're they're trying to decide which bill to pay they're answering service or their phone bill and um they um and you know Boggs I mean both of them are fucking just like they have miserable lives you know
4: Dressed like shit, man. Their, oh my god, their, their suits, suits just look worn out and crappy.
2: <laughs> They're like, I mean, their their suits are like the cheapest looking material. Uh, Hickey wears this like fucking like pea green suit the whole movie. That things, ha- this, those suits had to stink. And and, uh,
4: and Robert Culp, you know, he always was. I mean, kind of a, a handsome guy and everything. And in this movie, he just looks like an old, just worn out, washed. He if that's the part he's supposed to be playing, yeah. he doesn't well. And he's fucking. So he just like shit. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, he and and he, I don't know. They made I, a comment in one part about. Um, Uh, he asked uh, Bill Cosby, have you ever killed somebody? And then right after he says that, there's like this pause, and he goes, I mean in the United States.
2: I think think they're probably war veterans or something.
4: Like in Vietnam, because when Hickey is running, he's got like something wrong with his leg other than the fact that he's just drunk.
2: Yeah, I think they're implying that they're veterans. Yeah. Um, The... um, Let's see. Uh, The the two of them, you know, just being, you know, with, with Hickey, I wasn't sure if uh, his relationship with his wife was weird. If he had been kicked out for doing something or if they were separated, I wasn't sure. Um, but you know, I like, I like the, you know, I like his relationship with his, I don't know, ex-wife or wife or whoever, where he'll show up. And that was kind of neat to him, like putting the change under his daughter's pillow and stuff. And, um, and that's, you know, his,
4: he was wanting to get back in with that puss, yeah. just yeah. Wasn't having nothing of it cause, because he, I think that she was just tired of.
2: I wonder if he had been cheating on her or something.
4: Well, I thought it was just more or less just because he was kind of a loser. Yeah, you know, be. he he hung on to this shitty uh, private detective job, which they didn't have any money and 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 you know, at one time now he was a cop, wasn't he? Or were they both cops? I, I think he was a cop.
2: Okay, oh, yeah, I see. I can't even remember. The, uh, the I think
4: they said Cosby was a cop and uh, Robert Culp was um, a private detective, and maybe they just like joined up together. But I think she was just she just kind of was like tired of him. Like he had just you know he like I said I mean he's just basically kind of a loser yeah. uh, because he's hanging on to this job and instead of going out and getting a job and providing and shit like that. He's He's working this crap and just living, you know, kind of and, not paycheck to paycheck, right. but
2: well, not even that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, uh, they weren't even. By. Yeah,
4: and, but uh, she, she was. Uh, she definitely was uh, not feeling his she.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. And then you had Boggs, who apparently was married at some point to a stripper and like bought her a house and everything, and she fucking just left him, and he's still obsessed with her. He wants his yeah, house back. Yeah, it's about and
4: another and uh, fucking another. I mean, just loser, loser, uh, loser. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he's just—I mean—he's just gulping down the booze the whole movie.
4: Um, what, what was he drinking? It looked—it
2: it looked like whiskey. Like it was always brown. So that
4: was like yellow-looking <laughs> piss. I, I don't know what the fuck it was—mescal <laughs> or something. I don't know. No, it was in—it probably was some kind of fucking.
2: So, so you have this like—you have this Hispanic lady who I don't know if she has stolen some counterfeit money. I, I could not figure out her role in the movie. She is the person apparently they are trying to retrieve for this gentleman that has approached them for this job. We need to get so and so back. And being private investigators, not policemen, they don't question it. They're like, alright, we're gonna find her. And <clears> the, um, but they get kind of get tied up in this counterfeit ring. And I was just confused with, you know, why the bad guys were after each other. And you know kind of it kind of lets on later on why they why the people that asked Hickey and Boggs to be in it why they were after her kind of but i was still confused about what her role exactly was with this whole why why she was the center of this all of this attention like you know i don't know where she got the money why at
4: know. one time let me ask you a question cuz okay. i was confused and i did not go back i thought at one point Robert Culp fucks this chick. I thought it was the chick that they were looking for. No, I think it and was a
2: prostitute because there was like a fur a fur jacket, and he like, well, I know he left money
4: on. there. Yeah. but for some reason, I kept thinking it was and I was like, okay the reveal is going to be they're looking for this chick, and it's going to be this chick that he knows, <laughs> and it never happened. I was like, what? but yeah, she he was probably just a loser, and he, he got like he gave her a twenty dollars bill. Well, to to lay on top of her with his old stinky fucking drunk ass, scrawny <laughs> ass. But, you know, back then, 20 bucks was quite a bit.
2: Yeah, that could have paid their goddamn phone bill. The um,
4: He was taking care of another bill.
2: Yes, he was.
4: Bill Culp's dick. <laughs> um, or no, it's Robert Culp. I'm Robert Culp. That would have worked if it would have been William Ay, Culp. Yeah, close
2: enough. Um, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got a shit? The, um... <laughs> <laughs> you need to pause.
4: The, <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm, I'm hanging in there.
2: The uh, you get some really gooey, t- like Bro. tempera paint blood at one point. Like yeah, it even, that like, looked like shit. It even stretches off the floor, off the ground onto onto uh, Hickey's so hand.
4: To look stupid.
2: It was really bright, and then you get a really, really, really young James Woods. Mm. Um, this is only his second movie. I looked that up. He was, I mean, he had to have been like 25. He was really baby faced,
4: and you got to see him in his tidy whiteies too.
2: Um, yeah.
4: <laughs> That's
2: <laughs> Again, James Woods Tidy Whities. What? Um, the, um...
4: Your mouth started salivating you had to go. Oh.
2: <laughs> but, you know, back to the point of this...
4: even then. Little... Now, you know, we covered yeah. James Woods, young James Woods in The Choir Boys.
2: Yes, we did. And yeah. the, the Choir Boys was almost ten years after this one.
4: Jesus. Yeah. A little rat face. Fucking, he just looked Gr- dirt, just greasy okay wasn't
2: favorite. choir boys the early 80s
4: i don't um, know it sucks so bad i try to wipe it out of my memory
2: 77 oh it was only five years after this god that movie sucked oh yes it was bad um so where was i oh, right. the uh you know the the downbeat nature of this everybody it's it's just kind of very unglamorous and maybe maybe that's walter hill's touch to it but the uh in one part I really noticed it at first when it's like everybody's in the same boat is how they show all these houses in LA where they they, they even mention it once like you know, is your porch falling off like is your house crumbling away because of the you know they have these mudslides and stuff in LA yeah. and the ground constantly moving and you know uh, uh, Boggs goes to talk to the gentlemen that are paying you know paying this money to find this woman and they're all, you know, it looks kind of glamorous. They're all sitting out on the porch and stuff. And for some reason, it's like this, like, black power group. I didn't see. I didn't understand what the point was uh, either. Yeah. But, the, you know, they, it looks kind of glamorous. They're sitting out on this porch, like, lounging. There's all these women walking around and stuff. And the the camera like pans out after they give uh, Boggs a seat, and the porch is like I mean it's crumbled. There's nothing. It's like iron beams sticking out of it and shit. And
4: just like I'd have a, been you know, scared to be out there that close to the edge. I know. What if the fuck? I don't like what, heights.
2: What if it What if it decides to crumble even more? Yeah. Um, the uh, let's see. The out of order bag. We talked about that. The <laughs> I got a good laugh when I don't know if this was meant to be funny, but. Uh, when the guy that kind of overdid his uh, his <laughs> dumb jock uh, character, when he was used his shoulder to smash through the door, now yeah. it shows him getting ready to smash this door with his shoulder, and then it shows the other side of the door. My eyes instinctively focus on the latch. Because I was waiting for the lock to just fly open. Uh-huh. And the dude just, <laughs> it's like the coyote falling off a cliff. The dude just like makes a perfect like hole right in the middle of the door. <laughs> he walks through the door. Not like bust the door open, but a big hole right in the middle, which I laughed at. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this. Did you notice there's like every time they would go to a new place, there were these weird noises happening in the background? Uh-huh. Like there was um they go to the greenhouse at one point and you hear this like maniacal laughter in the background like somebody just like blah, like laughing just really loud <laughs> and then they go to the they go to that hotel and the baby's just freaking out and you never see the baby you just hear it like somewhere just freaking out and then when they go to the rams game you hear just there's some dude in the background is like ah! Like screaming, like he's fucking getting his like legs broken or something.
4: I think that was uh pr- well, nah, I was gonna make a joke about Roman Gabriel and Rock Hudson, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, and I kept I kept noticing odd noises happening in the background. So,
4: you sure it wasn't like at your house?
2: It could have been. It could have okay. been. Um, they oh, and the my, maybe my favorite scene of the movie is kind of late when the kind of the shit's hitting the fan later on there's a line that one of the characters says and i'm not going to like elaborate at all but you'll know what i'm talking about when he's sitting on the phone like kind of staring straight ahead and he's like they've already been here and i was like yeah Holy shit oh
4: yeah. that was that was you know ugh. Ugh. and they just just the, the the part that they showed to kind of show you what happened yeah yeah it's like disturbing
2: all right well i want to i want to hear what you had to th- say about this too well
4: well Um I'm not sure why um Hickey thought uh, okay, I get him confused. Hickey was Culp, right?
2: No, Boggs was Culp. Boggs is called and he, said an, was, I, he said it's okay. an Irish name, so
4: I don't know why um Boggs thought it was better instead of putting on a shoulder holster and wearing your coat over top of it it's better to take a giant gun and carry it around (laughs) in a towel which looks stupid they both
2: wear that thing when he like gets on bill cosby for putting on a shoulder holster
4: you're gonna wear that thing and and so they both have these two guns that have like fucking eight inch barrels on them which is not the best gun to have to uh to carry, concealed. Draw in a hurry.
2: And he even says later on, he's like, he's like, I can't hit shit. I need a longer gun.
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and, but that's one thing uh, that, you know, it, it was, the whole movie was more realistic because you know, they weren't glamorous. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, they they were kind of downtrodden and shitty. Their clothes were kind of shitty. Culp looked unkept and just crappy drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, instead of you know, a guy spraying machine gun fire and they have revolvers and they step up, take one shot and hit the guy. You know, they, they, it was more realistic where they're just trying to stay at cover and shooting and missing. And so, I mean, stuff like that. Um, I found the, the main chick, the, that they were looking for to be very unattractive. She kind Uh, of looked like, uh, Rodriguez from, uh, Sugar
2: Man. She had kind of frog eyes.
4: Oh, she was ugly. And then, um,
2: she did. She did have some decent looking titties near the end of the movie.
4: Not as decent as, as Isabella Stanford. Yeah. Uh, Weezy. <laughs> I I liked the. You could tell that that uh, Hickey and Boggs. You know that they had some time together, and you know that the, the, that kind of. Uh, I don't know. I I don't wanna say bromance. I don't I didn't sense a bromance. I just sensed that they were kind of world weary and had worked together, so they, they liked, had that friendship.
2: Yeah, I I liked their relationship a lot and they're just kinda like just like they they didn't really have like witty quips or anything right. like that. They just you know. Which was
4: surprising because yeah. you, know, you would figure with Cosby – and I think in iSpy, it was more like that. Um, now, one thing that, that I wanted to say, uh, when iSpy first came out, it was like one of the first movies where an African-American had like a, a main – or TV show where an African-American was like one of the main leads and he was teamed up with you know, a white dude. Mm-hmm. And they said like down south, uh, a lot of the cable channels would not carry the show. And oh, Culp asked Cosby, he said, "You know, how do we want to address this, or what kind of a, what kind of a statement do we want to make about this? And we, you know, that maybe we could say in interviews or actually make a statement on the show." And Cosby said, "Our statement is not saying anything. Hmm. This is it. This is what we're doing. We don't have to make a statement. We, you know, we're making this show, and you know, it's just what it is." Um. So it's kind of, kind of, you know, but that was it. uh, I Spy was sixty-five to sixty-eight. Okay. And so you know, those times. Damn, Bill
2: Cosby's been around a long time.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and still, he's still around. Um, but the I'm trying to think. I'm like you. I was. I kind of was confused about what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um. They. Kind of worked with the cops, but they were sort of the cops used them, they used the cops, but the they, cops they wanted really didn't to beat like the cops them. to
2: it because yeah. they needed that award money. you know if the cops arrested this you know these people first, they were not going to get well, what their, it was their in money.
4: this one was <coughs> actually okay, in the seven ups, which we'll be covering that was counterfeit money, okay mm-hmm. in this one it wasn't counterfeit money, what it was uh, was. Once they reached a certain – like uh, when – I don't know if it was Nixon or who it was, when the economy went really shitty um, and inflation and everything, they took all the $1,000 bills, $500 bills, I think 1500 and uh, maybe there was like a $250 bill or something like that, and they took them all out of circulation. So they, they they for some reason said you know we're we're not going to have thousand dollar bills we're not going to have okay. five hundred so they weren't supposed to be in circulation and they weren't even supposed to exist um, and these people the this the the Hispanic woman uh, the guy at the flower shop and the guy that was in jail he was the mastermind is what I because I read about it after because I was confused okay. Okay. I knew you were confused he was kind of the mastermind and she pulled the the scam or scheme or whatever, the robbery, with him. Or he, he came up with it, and her and the guy at the flower pot thing or the nursery or whatever, uh, greenhouse, they pulled this kind of robbery thing, but they stole this money. And then that's like when she was took the money out and was counting off they were $1,000 bills, and mm-hmm. she counted off like 10 of them. Well, you have stolen all this money, but then, what are you going to do with it? Because you can't go and take a thousand dollar bill into a goddamn store and say, "I want to pay for this dress with this thousand dollar bill," uh, or or go to um, a car lot and say, "I want to pay," because it immediately people would know that it was stolen mm-hmm. or whatever. And not only that, but who could break that kind of money? So they took the 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 money one thousand dollar bill from each thing, went around and gave them to these fences. You know, like when you want to launder money. It was basically laundering money and uh, they wanted to launder this money. So then when, um, yeah,
2: who was the group trying to get it all back?
4: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was confusing Yeah, because, um, it was, uh, my, for, first of all, Michael Moriarty, who was on the first couple of seasons of law and order and who also was in bang the drum slowly with, uh, De Niro played one of the, the heavy kind of like a, the, consigliere guy to he was kind of baby face blonde haired guy these guys didn't look like mafia guys like you like italian mafia they looked like kind of uh sort of businessmen Mm -hmm. sort of a deal so i don't know i think that i'm not sure what the fuck it was (laughs) (laughs) but that's what they they explained about the money but um so they were trying they, they were trying to get the money back but then the hispanic guy that was in jail they even wasn't told that her husband him, yeah but they they even told him that um
2: i feel like they were holding him uh like at ransom or something like to get didn't finally- they tell
4: him or they told somebody that okay you did this uh da, 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 just give us if you give us back the money you can kind of stay in our good graces I don't remember what that was. But then the black guys were supposed to be like Black Panthers, and and they were supposed to be like a – I think (laughs) what it was was it was like a revolutionary thing. And they stole the money and were going to use the money to finance either the Black Panthers or some kind of revolutionary thing or something. I don't know. But the fact – okay, here's the thing. The fact that we have to sit here and we're that confused (laughs) means there was a flaw in the fucking movie. Yes. Because I know you sent me a thing and said, you know, what the fuck is going on? You know, uh, know, and I was the same way. So I kind of, you know, went to Amazon and all the people that reviewed it, I just kind of read their reviews and Mm -hmm. some of them had synopsis of what was going on. But anyway, um, the movie. I don't think it's. Would you consider this a noir? Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, it's 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 that like because it's the it's it's a neo noir, I guess, because it takes place during the day and it's in California. You know, like like Chinatown kind of feel. Um, But it's except it doesn't take place in the 30s or whatever. But this is this is. i mean it's it's definitely that has the 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 themes of a of a noir in that well one the private investigator thing which is how you see in a lot of them but the you know kind of anti-heroes the you guys kind of you know disappointed in life and and, very cynical yeah yeah not not like uh you know the white hat good guy that's gonna go and bang bang shoot the dead guy shoot the shoot the bad guy dead and and uh you know save the day it's always you know well i'm gonna cut whatever corners i need and you know you got these kind of uh
4: and it's kind of like um you think in, the, in a lot of movies okay you know they're going to th- these guys are the good guys and once they once they throttle the bad guys or figure out what's going on or whatever that you know that things are going to start going and going good. This oh, so, is like very nihilistic. Like, I don't think that after all this stuff happens that these guys' lives are going to be any different. No, I
2: don't, I mean, I don't even know if anything fucking changed at all. And and the, yeah. the last lines of the movie are pretty fucking bleak. So. Yeah.
4: Um, um, now, as far as, you know, kind of getting into um, what we thought about the movie and, and rating it and everything, I, I like the idea that they went against, went uh, again went against type, went against uh, what normally people you would think expect. Yeah, that would you would, you would expect. I like the concept of doing that, but the fact that the movie was that confusing and it was very uh, unsatisfying uh, uh, for me because you know nobody really was. I hate to say likable because you don't have to be likable. American psycho was a good movie, but you know, people weren't likable. Uh, but it was just unsatisfying. I mean, it was just kind of like, here's these, you know, cynical down on their luck losers. And, you know, I I don't know. I think they
2: worked for me a little better. I I liked the, I, I mean, maybe not personally, I liked the presentation of the two of them. I thought everybody was good in it. That was uh, kind of a main. I
4: character. just wish they would have had a little bit. He m- let him have a little bit more charisma, at least something. I mean, they were just drag assing around half dead. And, you know, eh, like, uh. the only time when they were, <laughs> was when Cosby was talking to his ex wife or wife. And she kind of, he, he would, was trying to flirt with her and give her these little smiles and stuff like that. And, you know, say funny things to try and make her laugh and everything but the rest of the time it was just kind of like well Jesus Christ you know okay here's sad sack and fuck when his rumply suit and Other and I
2: kind of liked, liked rumply suit sad sack
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it one just, worked
2: for me a little better but the story itself you're right it, it's I don't know the, It's it, it, it gets lost a little bit about yeah. a little bit I mean quite a bit I mean obviously I thought it was fucking counterfeit money so I was lost somewhere the, the 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 feel of the movie and the kind of like showing everything crumbling worked I think a little better for me we can we can just uh, jump right into ratings here but
4: th-
2: it wasn't that honestly it was enough to have me enjoy the movie um, maybe if I watch it again I could kind of get some differences in the in you know how it plays out plot wise um, the feel and the performances in the movie were enough for me to still like it I'd give this a Ooh, I'm going to give it a six point
5: five.
4: Mm. A little bit lower. I mean, it's it's better than average. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had heard of it, but had never seen it. Uh, you know, and um, I know that it's highly thought of because you know we had a couple people that recommended stuff, and then like I said, reading uh, the reviews that people had posted, but. I still I, I, for me it was better than average but like I said it was just kind of like you know okay is this entertaining um, I give it a straight six
2: okay you know honestly as I, there were times when I was watching this I was like this movie is going to be like a 7.5 or an 8 just mm-hmm. by just by the way just because I, I, I just really liked their how they worked on it with each other and I thought it was I thought that was pretty cool by the end of the movie my being confused and then honestly having talked about it it was real I realized how confused, I was more confused yeah. than I thought uh, you know that that brings it down quite a bit So
4: and now and Culp I guess well Walter Hill wrote it yeah well, Culp the, directed it
2: this was his I don't know see I mean I can't tell who's whose fault it is.
4: <laughs> yeah, see, I mean if culp directed it to me, it's got I, I would think it's got to be him. I mean, the story had to have been fleshed out and I mean, he, the way it maybe it's just the way it shot it was mm-hmm. just kind of uh, <sighs> and, I,
2: and I and I think for me that I would I feel like I, if I saw this again, I might feel differently. I, I might And
4: let's just it. say this. This is the only uh, movie that Culp directed. He direct he you know had his hand in some TV shows, and I know that he well, like you said, he direct he directed uh, like some episodes of I Spy. Okay. But you know, just this is the only thing, and it's weird mm. to me. There has to be some kind of a flaw. well. I shouldn't say that because I was going to say because the movie kind of has had disappeared. Nowadays, of course, because you know we have such access to everything, yeah. uh, you know, things surface and we get to watch them. but uh, I don't you know, when you hear people talking about movies like this and everything, this is more like kind of like a cult classic,, yeah. where people kind of discovered it, but it, it kind of disappeared, and I think it disappeared for a reason.
2: <laughs> I could. I mean yeah. Cool. Well, that's our review of Higgy and Boggs. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back and do seven ups. We'll be right back.
3: No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that anarchist films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet. Across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own, regarded this podcast with envious eyes, and slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamicus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Amicus.com and I chose Cheers
7: All you ladies pop your pussy like this Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss All you ladies pop your pussy like this Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss Just do it, do it Do it, do it, do it now Lick it good Suck this pussy just like you should Right now, lick it good Suck this pussy just like you should My neck, my back Lick my pussy and my crack, my neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. First you gotta put your neck into it. Don't stop, just do it, do it. Then you roll <laughs> your tongue from
2: the... 7-Up. That was Zom's choice. Uh. He had a couple, but, you know, I didn't want uh. you to steal all the glory, so I can only give you one. And I chose this I'm one instead of one. my and my
4: crack. Me. Slow to the
7: cracker.
4: Huh. All right, Seven 7-Ups, nineteen. 19- that was my uh, what's what's his name? Uh, uh, P. Diddy, uh, you know. Huh.
2: Oh yeah, your uh, your hype man. Uh, seven Up's nineteen seventy three, uh, directed by Philip Den Tony, starring Roy Scheider and a bunch of other people. Uh, Richard Lynch, kind of. This is like five years after his. His, whatever he did. Attempted suicide, I guess. Put
4: himself on fire.
2: Jesus. Um,
4: Maybe he was a Buddhist. Maybe he was protesting something.
2: I don't think so. I think he was he high. He was
4: protesting the LSD that he fucking uh, was running, forcing <laughs> through his veins.
2: Jesus. Um, and, you know, Bill Hickman. I'm
4: cold. You know what would make me feel less cold right now?
2: A pussy and a crack to lick.
4: Pouring fucking gasoline all over myself and lighting myself on fire. I'm How sure like- it seemed like a good idea at the time.
2: That was a uh god damn, could you imagine? That's not that's something that takes a fucking long time to heal from, too. I Can mean, it's you like, imagine
4: if Isabella Sanford was singing this song to you?
2: <laughs> oh, easy. Uh
0: George, lick my pussy and my crack.
2: And he comes strutting in, just
0: <laughs> moving on up to your butthole.
4: <laughs> you finally got a piece of the pie.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I almost said, almost said something inappropriate. I'll, I'll say that one for later. The, uh, <laughs> Seven Ups, 1973, D- D'Antoni Scheider, blah, blah, blah. Um, a tough detective who is part of an elite New York City unit, unit, is trying to find out who killed his partner, but uncovers a plot to kidnap mobsters for money. Um, I've seen this movie a couple times. Mm-hmm. As I said to you in text in the in the message, I'm still a little confused about who all was involved in the kidnapping part of it. Um, did Walter Hill write this too. Uh, the um, anyway, this is uh, this is uh, 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 Bill Hickman doing a very very famous driving scene, um, uh, as far as you know, 70s action drivey kind of movies go. Sazam. So I think yes. you've probably seen this at least a handful of times. Yeah. What do you think of The 7-Ups?
4: Well, um, let me tell you about The 7-Ups. <laughs> Come and listen to a story about <laughs> um, Now, there was a guy, and his name was Sonny Grosso. Grosso.
5: Uh-huh. Uh-
4: and he had a partner named Eddie Egan. And Eddie Egan and Sonny Grosso were immortalized in the movie about their, I guess, part of their life called The French Connection. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Egan was um, basically Popeye Doyle. Okay. Um, and in that movie, The French Connection. Have you seen The French Connection? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Roy, uh, uh, Regine Hackman plays Popeye Doyle. And Roy Scheider plays uh, Buddy Russo. Okay. Now, Eddie Egan was Popeye Doyle.
2: Oh, French um, Connection. I was mistaken. French Connection was a year before Hickey and Boggs.
4: Okay. And Sonny Grosso was the Roy Scheider character. Well, so this movie, in, to some people, is considered a um, sequel of some sorts right. to the French Connection. But basically, it uh, you don't have the Popeye Doyle character. It's following the character of uh, the Sonny Grosso character, the real-life guy.
2: I mean, he uh, even has the same name. Yeah, Buddy. Buddy.
4: Um, so, um, and I think, you know, it's kind of supposed to be sort of, I, as far as I know, it's supposed to be the, the same guy. Um, and I think that, uh, I know that... Um, I thought that uh, Sonny Grosso was like a uh a uh what do you call it? Like a, an advisor or whatever on this movie. Okay. Um now Okay, get all that out of the way. You have Roy Scheider who I fucking think I I love Roy Scheider. You know, he just got that look. He uh you know, I guess at one time and you know, when he was young he did a little boxing, so he's kinda got the, the nose. You can see it in his face that he's kinda mm-hmm. he has an Amberlin face. <laughs> the porn star from that uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. documentary his face looks kind of beat up but it, it gives him a lot of character you know he really you know he has a certain uh, uh, look that really stands out he's got a rugged kind of you know cool looking dude um, so anyway um, in this movie and I had said that I had watched uh, Prince of the city um, the whether it was the French connection, this movie, Prince of the city uh, it 's kind of they 're kind of like a an elite unit that sort of works uh, on the fringe of everybody else they right. they kind of do what they want to do to get the job done or what they have to do, and they get some shit from uh some of the other cops like, you know, hey, you know, they didn't have a warrant or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. Uh they're not following the rules, but they're going after these, you know, the kind of the big time uh, they're not the guys that are going around solving a murder or going around writing fucking speeding tickets or a robbery or something like that. They're going after these high end kind of mafia and drug guys and stuff like that. Um so uh Buddy uh, who's Roy Scheider has his little group of seven ups. Uh, that's what the unit's called. And it's uh, their cases, uh, c- a conviction in their cases is always seven years or up. Right, right. I guess that's how they explain it. Yep. Um, so, anyway, now he has a, a friend uh, from childhood that he went to probably all the way from grade school all the way up. And it's one of those deals where he became a cop, and his friend is kind of plugged into the mafia. Mm-hmm. He's actually a, a, I guess, sort of a low level uh, guy in in the mafia. You know, he's he's there, and and you know he moves within. He's a criminal but he's Roy Scheider's connection and that's Tony Lobianco Mm -hmm. and Tony Lobianco is, you know, he's always been kind of around. Uh, he was actually in the French connection. He played, uh, I think, uh, Sal, the the guy that was the, the connection. He was the connection to the French. (laughs) Um, and you see some people in this that were in the French connection too. Um, I think, you know, but of course, Bill Hickman was was uh, actually in The French Connection, and there was another guy in there, and I could I, I'm not exactly sure what his name Sorry. was, but uh, um, he was uh, in the part in The French Connection where they're bidding on this these uh, cars at the car auction. The guy that's trying to buy the car that has all the the heroin in it mm-hmm. is in this movie too. He plays uh, one of the this mafia guy that gets kidnapped son, uh, but the 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 Sort of the concept of the movie is somebody's going around kidnapping mafia bosses and holding them for ransom, and then they have kind of like an ingenious way to um, when someone brings the money to to pay them off to to release the mafia guy. They have a, a kind of a system set up where um, they tell them, okay, take this car here, and and while the car it's a car wash, yeah, yeah. an automatic car wash, and you know. And uh, while the th- you know you can't see anything because these big jets are going, Shh, you know, uh, uh, spraying the car and everything. And these guys step out, uh, handcuff the the, uh, the car handles together so you can't open the doors, and then they pry open the the trunk and get the money. Right. And then they they live up to their end of the bargain. They let the guys go, but it, but it's almost like they're they are. Um, Victimizing these criminals. These so
2: so was this a rival mob doing it, or was it just well? Like I think guys? what
4: well I think what it was was um the Tony Lo Bianco character. Um, like I said, he's kind of a low level guy within the mob. I mean, I shouldn't say low level. He's not like a like just some scumbag stooge. I mean, he dresses to the nines. He's he's kind of like a maybe like a, a capo or whatever. Yeah,
2: and he's a, and, well, he and he's a snitch to Buddy. Like he's right. giving Buddy information about what the mob's doing, but at the same time, he uses information that he finds out from Buddy to right. kind of
4: it's it's and you can tell. Like I said, now. He, he and Buddy that because they're like when they meet they meet somewhere in the middle of nowhere or whatever and they meet like by this uh, like grade school or middle school and they say yeah I remember uh, we were what classroom were we in was it the mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. second floor and he goes now it was the third floor so they knew each other since they were kids so they had that connection but you can tell when he meets with um Buddy and Buddy knows this and he only give he just kind of tries to. They're using each other, even though they're friends. They're, and, and they talk about, you know, their wives and this, and that, and their kids and everything. They're, they use each other. Buddy's using him for information. He's feeding Buddy like breadcrumbs. Uh, he only feeds Buddy something really juicy, probably, if it's against somebody that he doesn't like or wants to get. Or if he, if Buddy starts getting like, okay, you know, you, you, you know, if you don't give me something, you know, so then he'll finally, but he really skirts around it. Like he says, um, well, I heard that this was happening and Buddy just looks at him and says, wait, I told you that, you know, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I meant to say, you know, this or that, or, you know, I'm working on something for you. Well, what do you, well, you know, I'm, I'm he just kind of, he doesn't really want to give him up, but, uh, or give him too much. Uh, it's like uh, they need each other. So I mean, if he gives him everything, then you know he there, he won't have any leverage, and and I'm sure Buddy probably does shit. Like I said, for him, not like as a bad cop, but like if there was another family that they didn't like, it, the who was it's almost like the Whitey Bulger thing. He's going to give up. He's going to use his police connections to take out his the people that he wants to get taken out. So anyway, I think that what it was was like. Um, You had uh, Richard Lynch and Hickman, and uh, also um, uh, Joe Spinell, and they're they're just
2: (laughs) Joe Spinell in a fucking hillbilly gym hat.
4: Yeah, and fucking like red Levi's or something. But those guys are when I say low level, they are really they're just low level criminals. They're they're vicious. They're uh, they're dangerous. But they're they're not the guys like Lo Bianca is wearing like a cashmere coat, dressed to the nines, and he does have a toupee on because if you watch uh, the honeymoon killers, uh, yeah, Tony Lo Bianca was had a had a widow's peak that went started uh, you know pretty damn far back, and and he's got <laughs> he's got this like once I saw that I was like I, every time I see him in something now I'm like that's a fucking rug you know, um, but so those guys are being. They they have that scam, but they are also, um, they're being led and they're being told what to do by somebody.
2: Uh, I was confused about who these people were.
4: Well, I mean, Lo Bianca is the the mastermind,
2: right? Well, yeah, but then you then they have and these other guys that they have this whole list, and I was just confused, like, who are these fucking people?
4: Well, the list, the, like, like that uh, that Buddy carries around in that little thing with the mm-hmm. pictures and all yeah, the stuff, yeah, yeah. are people that um, Low Bianca has fed to him. That, oh. Those are the guys he's going after. Okay, That's okay. why when he's in that diner and he and um, they went, the the one uh, mafia guy gets kidnapped and then something goes wrong and he ends up in the hospital and and Buddy is in there trying to say, you know, he's like, "What happened? Who did this to you, or whatever?" and they go and when they go to the one mafia guy's house and they basically break in, and he says, You know, who's doing this stuff? And the guy gives him a list of names. Well, then when he's in the diner and he's got that list of names, he takes that this like little small, like leather satchel thing out, almost looks like a big wallet or something, and it's got a flip thing through it with pictures and information. And he starts flipping through it, and every name on that list. Is are people that Lo Bianca had are, are in his little book thing.
2: That's funny. I've se- I've seen this twice now, and I've I've I know I've realized I've seen you know I know the exact mm. scene you're talking about. And it's it never clicked.
4: But that but that's what the the whole thing is. Lo Bianca once he's he's not the top guy. He's ambitious and he wants to be more than he is, and he's smart. So he's using Buddy, his friend. uh, Kind of, sort of like Buddy thinks he's using him, but he's using Buddy. I think Buddy knows that. He knows that he's 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 shady. Because I mean, everybody's got friends. I have friends now that are fucking shady, <laughs> um, but and I know they are. So I, I you know, I know I I like him in some ways, but in some ways I wouldn't trust him as far as I can fucking throw him. But um, Lynch and Spinell and um, Hickman. Or like I said, they're like low level kind of street thugs. They're they're more like you know you can tell by the way they dress. You know they don't have the manicured haircuts. Uh, Lynch has like a fucking flannel shirt and a kind of a shitty suit. You know he wears like a vest and a suit, like a three piece. Well, he wears like a vest from a three-piece suit and a pair of dress pants and dress shoes, but he's got like a goddamn flannel shirt, like a lumberjack would wear, with uh with long <laughs> johns on underneath. And he's working down at this at the this dock, and he's like chopping fire with the hatchet and stuff. So he's kind of like just like a they're low-level criminals, they're street uh, thug kind of guys, or maybe you know professional professional robbers, and uh, they would be like a uh, uh, um in the mafia when they would say, you know, this guy, they always said, you know, if you said he's a friend of ours, uh, that, there's one thing where they would say, uh, he's a friend of, of, of ours. And that means that they're actually, uh, part of the mafia. But then if you say he's, he's, or he's our friend means he's part of the mafia. But if he's a friend of ours, that means that they're just kind of like, uh, hangers on it would be like uh, henry hill in goodfellas he was he wasn't a full-blooded italian so he could never be in the mafia but he was you know irish italian and he was a he was a a guy on the street that worked for them you know or a hanger on right or right right like that. so anyway that's the, and uh, i think lo bianca is ambitious and he's doing this making a you know they're they're making a shitload of money they're like saying okay we'll we'll only um uh let this guy go for $100,000, and that's what one of the moms is. You know, As long as this keeps working and and we keep giving them the money and they let the guy go, they're not going to quit. They're going to keep doing it because they're just making money. And it even says, wouldn't you? That's what we would do too. Um, but um, the one thing is throughout the movie, you're not sure what the connection is um, – Like I kind of gave a spoiler when I said you know with Lo Bianca or whatever (laughs) with the thing, but I mean you kind of almost have to because we're sitting here saying you you know you're saying well who's doing what you're confused. I was just telling, but um um they they the one thing that they're in the cops are involved because like I said Lo Bianca is. Friends with Roy Scheider, and he's kind of telling him, "Okay, this is going to happen, or that's going to happen, or whatever." But they're also they they get indirectly kind of fucked up in the movie because when Hickman and Lynch kidnap these guys, they approach them as cops. They show the guy a badge and say, you know, police, you know, we're taking you in for questioning. Right, right. So when the guys get released, they say these two cops fucking pigs. And when you look at, like, French Connection, Prince of the City, or the one with uh, Denzel Washington, American uh, gangster.
2: American gangster.
4: uh, Some of these guys are... The cops are a bit crooked, you know they're taking from the criminals and using the money they're taking the drugs and and giving the drugs to their to their snitches they're taking like if they get a hundred thousand dollars uh f- they stop something and they they find a hundred thousand dollars. They take you know twenty five thousand or fifty thousand of it, put it in their pockets, and spread it around. And they only turn in a certain amount, so the cops aren't all exactly straight. So when these mafia guys get kidnapped by co- who they think are cops, the guy show them a badge. They're dressed in suits, throw them in a car, kidnap them. They think that cops are actually doing it.
2: Yeah, they're getting pissed. They're getting more and more pissed about at that.
4: Yeah, because which plays it, into it, part later. Yeah, in reality, they would never like do anything against the cops. Like they wouldn't shoot a cop or or do something to a cop because they would know if they did a world of shit would come down on them and they'd really get fucking, you yeah. know, the, everything would get clamped up. So, when they start thinking that the cops are doing this, then the actual the actual cops don't know any of this shit. They don't even know anything's going on. And so then the kid gloves come off. And some, shit, you know, some shit happens. But anyway, Bill Hickman. Uh, one of the reasons we picked this movie, and the other movie was Bill Hickman. Now, this movie, man, okay, and it does, it does parallel a lot. If you see the bullet, the car chase from Bullet, mm. this car chase is very similar. But even though it's very similar, it is still fucking awesome. Yeah. Because they do it on city streets. There's cars. There's people. And no, I know that they shut these places down and the cars yeah, yeah, yeah. are driven by other drivers, stunt drivers or whatever and everything. But there's some shit that is just fucking awesome. I mean, it, it really puts you on the edge of your seat. You know, you're white knuckle net when they come around a turn and there's a whole bunch of fucking kids in the middle of the street. Oh my
2: God. And then what you know what got me the um you know when you when you're driving and particularly when you're driving fast and you go over a quick Hill and you got that weird, like feeling in your stomach. Yeah. I got that watching this shit. I was like, <laughs> that went, when, yeah. when it shows over the dash, um, of, of Hickman's car and you, they're going down a hill and you see Lynch literally like reaching up and grabbing the dash Yeah, but I was like I had that feeling like I got that feeling in my stomach I was like that was really <laughs> that was well, really that's, weird
4: that's the one thing in this now in Bullet they were in San Francisco so they had mm-hmm. those big whoop-dee-doo hills where yeah, yeah. when they would they would really get some air now in this one there was a couple times and the cars came up off the ground only by a couple of inches but still you can feel like you said that almost like that dip and I like that I think in Bullet when uh, Hickman was driving the Charger, and the, I can't remember what the the actor's name was. That was the basically the shooter. He was in the passenger seat with Hickman. He's kind of an old guy with a like gray, like a gray crew cut. Neither one of them really react to anything. They're just like stone faced, and even when they're going through all this stuff in this movie, like you said, when when they're going <laughs> over these bumps and crashing into stuff and everything. Lynch is like you know fucking hanging on. He's like Jesus Christ, you know. So so it gives it more of an effect. There's one part in the car chase scene that just fucking amazed me, and they had to have timed this out just perfectly. Is when um, they're they're flying down the road and there's all these parked cars and this guy. It was an old uh, because they don't make them anymore. It was the Volkswagen used to make a little. It was like a little like almost like a little station wagon. Uh, it wasn't shaped like a beetle. Like, back then, they just had the beetle. But then And then they had a Carmen Ghio, which was a uh, like a little two-seater. Yeah. But then they had this thing, which was kind of more like a little – it looked almost like a little uh, station wagon kind of a deal. And it's red. And this guy fucking, when they're going by, opens his goddamn car door. <laughs> and they fucking <laughs> hit that goddamn car door. And, I mean, it was all real because that shit came flying off. I'm surprised it didn't kill somebody. It
2: smashed the the – I don't know what kind of car that was he was driving, but it totally smashed the headlight of it. I mean, you could tell it hit pretty hard.
4: Yeah, and another thing too is, uh, like in Bullet, okay, uh, the, you know the one car was a was a black Charger, and the other car was a uh, was a uh, that McQueen was driving was a was a uh, Mustang. Now in this one, they're they're more realistic cars. Yeah, it's a Pont like a, a, like a um, Schieder was driving. I think it was like a Pontiac something. I thought it was, it looked like almost like a Chevelle, but it was some kind of a, a Pontiac Ventura, 1973 Pontiac Ventura. And, uh, and, um, the other, the one that, um, Hickman was driving was like a this big boat. It was like a big Ford or, you know, whatever. Um, but now I also like the part where, um, when they're going down the road and they, they go across like, I don't know if it's Brooklyn bridge or whatever, but they go across one of the bridges and they get out on like the highway. And, and there's a, a, um, a bus and it was pretty cool because it it was it i thought you know this is kind of a cool tactic because hickman gets up in front of the bus and then gets right in front of it and just slows down so when i almost said mcqueen when roy scheider
2: <laughs> he's like hiding
4: yeah you can't even see it and and lynch gets there and and as soon as scheider just starts inching up lynch pulls out that shotgun and scheider's like jesus christ you know that,
2: that but, fucking shotgun was crazy like they, you know, did you see? No, you didn't see killing them softly. Oh, yeah. There's kind of a joke in it about this shotgun that's like cut off so short. He's like, you're going to fucking kill everybody in the room. But that, yeah, the, the, that, it's mean, like that. Still, I mean, in the one in, in killing them softly, you can actually see the shell sticking out of the end of it. It's so short. But well, it's um, a point in the
4: barrel then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, just to hold the shell. But um, there, there was there was one scene at the beginning, the, the scene in the. Uh, just to kind of set up what kind of unit that Scheider has in the antique store or furniture store or whatever that was kind of cool you know how they how they did everything <laughs> that guy
2: the the big black guy that was carrying the water he was a uh, i looked at, i looked him up his name's Jerry Leon he was actually a real like in new york city detective and this was his like only movie ever
4: yeah he was a big dude I, it, uh,
2: I, and the reason i looked him up i was like god that guy can't act for shit and then he that, was a, that's why he wasn't an actor <laughs>
4: He he did one one episode of Kojak and he played Jumbo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Real stress there,
4: but most of the other guys, with the the exception of uh, you know, and Richard Lynch just has such a he has such a presence. I mean, the guy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, was just awesome at playing a villain because he's just kind of he got the blonde hair, but he's kind of creepy looking. Looks kind of like
2: a lizard with with his facial scars and stuff.
4: But he he was he was awesome, uh, and like you said, Hickman in this one, he de- it's it's uh it's similar to Bullet. Uh, he's you know a little bit older, but he doesn't say goddamn shit yeah. most of the time. But he still has a presence. He's a big dude, and you know uh, he's, he you could tell he's somebody that you know you wouldn't want to fuck with. Now Spinel. It looks just like Spinel always looked. He he's a little looked-
2: skinnier than you used to, yeah. used to seeing him, but that was about it.
4: And I like the part where uh where uh, and I still I almost said McQueen again. Because even Buddy when he takes his uh takes his coat off, he's got like the, the black turtleneck like McQueen did in Bullet with the with the shoulder holster instead of carrying his gun around in a towel. Um <laughs>
2: Dude, his eight inch barrel. what the pistol. hell were
4: they thinking carrying that thing around in the towel like people would know you got this towel you know it's like it was just dumb uh, uh, but when Spin- when Scheider was going to interrogate Spinel and I was like oh shit and that that just kind of told you how like cops were back in the day because Spinel was like listen and it was almost like an Eddie Coyle moment he holds his hands up and he goes, you know, I've been here before and I talked then and like they had broke his fingers or whatever or yeah. something. And I like when uh Spinell um when Shider figures out what's going on and he kind of basically sets up what's going to happen. Um he uh and, and Spinell gets they let Spinell out of the out of jail and he comes home. And at first, I hadn't seen this in a while. I forgot. I was like, "Who the fuck is that? There's who the fuck's that guy sitting there in Spinell's house? And it was shy. You know? <laughs> yeah, and he just like, cool. hey, shh. <laughs> yeah. But um, this what movie's good. I yeah. mean, it's just, the music is very, the music reminded me a lot of the French connection. And some of the scenes where, like, um, the area where uh, the, la- the final confrontation at the end happens and stuff like that mm-hmm. reminded me of the, sort of the end of the French connection where he's chasing frog one and he goes into, you know, it's it's just kind of a shitty and in, uh, rundown uh, industrial area. It looks
2: terrible. I don't know where that, yeah. where that is, if it's long Island or something, but it looked, I mean, some of that shit looked like post-apocalyptic. I mean, you yeah. got some trains that go by, but these houses are just like hovels and like, that's you like know, what
4: we talked about. Night of the juggler the, and some of those movies like that, it's the early seventies, New York. There were places in it that did look like bombed out, fucking World War Two or something. I, you know?
2: I love the lighting. There's a character hiding like around these old. And I don't know what to call them. I call them in my notes. I called them ice sheds. I don't know what these yeah. things were, but I love the lighting in that where you kind of see somebody hiding in there. But the what the hell were those things? It, it, I don't they,
4: know. It had the big sign like when you go to the convenience store and you buy the big bags of ice. Uh-huh. But there was like
2: eight the, of them right beside yeah. each other. Maybe they, yeah. maybe they at one time. Maybe they, somebody just dumped them there. Maybe they were those bins somewhere. Be, yeah. yeah, and um, the uh, the the soundtrack was really good. The guy that did the soundtrack, Don uh, Don Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up because they, they've released that uh, his soundtrack along with a movie called The Verdict, which I haven't seen. But um, it was almost like horror movie at times yeah um i thought it was really good he was a don ellis apparently was a oh he was a jazz trumpeter drummer composer and band leader oh and he did the he did the score to the french connection too so
4: yeah i was gonna say it sounds very similar you um, know
2: so yeah he, it was kind of it was very i mean avant-garde jazzy kind of but it, it it sounded weird at times i liked it it was really good um there, there there's not a ton of there's there's certain stretches of this movie where there's not a ton of action but it's still, it always feels quickly paced mm. somehow. You know, even when the guys are just talking, it's still like, you know, you, you, you don't feel like the movie's just weighing down on you or anything like that. Um, yeah, but that that scene in the uh, antique shop was pretty funny because Scheider kept he was just a, just an asshole. Like he just kept, yeah. "Whoops!" Like mar- knocking shit over. <laughs> <It's>
4: big baboon. <laughs> How dare you? So he even like slap the guy with his gloves? Yeah, like a, like yeah. a rich person would be like, "Ah, yeah." Ah. Um, the um, and of course like, the 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 rich. You know, the the store owners are, are you know, uh, no matter what happened, they were standing right there. No matter what happened there, the, the rich guy who was being portrayed by Scheider, they're always going <laughs> to take his side over the big black, you know, uh, yeah, the, the working water class guy. guy.
2: Yeah. Now, the uh, I don't I, I didn't catch his name, but. Um, Scheider goes to somebody's house to kind of ask him some uh, questions by sticking a snub nosed pistol in his nose. Yeah. But hey, motherfucker. that dude had the fucking gummiest face I'd seen in a long time. Like, man, his like Scheider would stick that gun in his nose, and that dude's face was just like bending, like uh, completely around, like a rubber mask. It was nuts. gummy
4: face. He, <laughs> he was really like, had... uh, oh, what the elongated man or oh,
2: God, yeah. plastic. <laughs> plastic man? <laughs> Reed Richards' face that guy had. Yeah. Um, But you know, I like this movie a lot. I, you know, you you kind of covered all the points. I mean, I, I kind of jumped in there. So uh, I guess we can it get to say that
4: uh, Sonny Grosso was a uh, technical advisor. Oh, I, cool. I, I knew that because, like I said, I mean, uh,
2: I looked up his name. He did something with Pee Wee's Playhouse. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the hell he would he have done? Well, I, I
4: think it's, it says that he, uh, he got you know, into
2: producing or something.
4: He did. It's uh he was a New York uh, City Police officer, Uh, when his experiences with his partner Eddie Egan during the early 60s became the basis of The French Connection, he had a bit part in the film with Egan. Uh, He later appeared in two more features. Uh, He became uh, close friends with legendary William Friedkin. Um, In New York, he worked in several specialized units, among them the Narcotics Bureau, Vice Unit, Organized Crime, and Homicide. And
2: um, he was a producer on Pee Wee's (laughs) Playhouse.
4: He was produced. Yeah, they said that he he got into producing. You know, just from, you know, being in uh, connected to French Connection, probably for and You know, yeah. cool. had something. I thought they said he had something to do with uh, cruising. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Grosso later appeared in two more feature films: uh, "Report <clears throat> to the Commissioner" and "Cruising." Mm,
2: there you
4: go. Can't wait for that uh, movie to come out about the making of Cruising.
2: I've been listening so, uh, to the frankly. soundtrack. I, I got the soundtrack on vinyl. I've been listening to that this
4: week. Do you get hard when you listen to it? Oh, I pump my fist like nuts. If Vixen was on, I would. <laughs> Jesus, how about if you're a girl? Like, if your girlfriend's name was, she was built like that, and her name was Vixen.
5: <laughs>
4: it's like these people that my sister knows. Uh, they named their kid Lolita. Ooh, it's kind of strange. Yeah and then yeah. the guy wrote a book about like a uh, a woman or uh, about uh, uh it's called um oh uh what do you call it uh, it's called Lumberjacked and it's about these girls <laughs> that go to WVU and they get kid they they get kidnapped by these uh psycho lumberjacks. Oh, I thought it
2: was going I thought it was a joke that doesn't sound that no, it's a it's either. a
4: novel this guy wrote and and like it's it's just full of like torture and stuff like they they Jesus. they these crazy rednecks get this girl and they like uh, rape her so like I mean just over and over and over and over and over and beat her and rape her they cut her arm off with a chainsaw and stick it up her ass what yeah <laughs> where's and, this movie <laughs> uh, well it's a book I'll say <laughs> uh, so anyway there's a lot of weird stuff going on there you know so
2: anyway let's get to our ratings. We've talked enough about Lumberjacks.
4: (laughs) Lumberjacked. Uh, Let's see. My rating for 7-ups, 8.25. Nice. I liked it. I uh, uh, I bought it on DVD. As soon as they put the DVD out, I bought it. Uh, It's great. It's a really good movie. Well well done.
2: I'm there with you. I give it an 8. And I'm
4: surprised that Philip uh, uh, D'Antoni, I mean, he really didn't do anything else. He was as far as, he was producer he didn't yeah, direct yeah, yeah. this he, is the only thing he directed, i think
2: yeah, he did um, I don't know why he would have stopped, but he did the um he produced the French connection and bullet and all those, so yeah, he might have been he might have been old honestly he was
4: content being the man who made everything happen no, he's still so al- he's still alive, all the headaches of but uh
2: he hasn't really done shit since the seventies, so I don't know. Maybe he just got tired of it, eh. lived off his bullet money. You never know. Cool. Well, an 8 and 8.25. Uh, good uh, good little flick. And thank you again to uh, Ken and Dave. Appreciate it, buddies. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back and do some feed sack. The sack of feed right in your face. We'll be right back with the sack. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture... Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How big is the
0: cock? (laughs) You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome
4: discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank.
2: I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one (laughs) interconnected. to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right arm it's character from an old that. Disney film. It's a prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. It sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this.
0: What's that thing between the dick
2: and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. That was the Cinemasochist's musical choice for this week. Yeah. Speaking of the Cinemasochist, let me pause the goddamn music. Yeah, maybe it'll maybe it'll just start when I start playing voicemail. Let's see what happens here. Ooh, nice, nice hey, fade.
3: Steven Seagal.
2: Oh, it's Steven Seagal. Excuse to hear
3: me hear you, bad mouth of the me and show again. I'm gonna break your fucking fingers because <laughs> I can do that. It doesn't matter that I picked up weight lately, because I can still break your fucking fingers, Sad and not, I'm a man. I am the law. not the still Judge Dread guy, and I'm still in urban. I literally am the law. And uh, to cover this uh, story that this James fellow said, uh, yes, I do recall uh, 12-year-old James and his buddies coming up to me on the set of my movie, and... Uh, bothering me. And yes I did tell them I break the fucking fingers. But let me explain my side of the story. You see, they were wearing rainbow shirts and I don't think kinda of like keep coming onto my set and not appreciating me. You wear a shirt, a cigar shirt, or a shirt one of my movies, I break the fucking fingers. I don't care how old y'all And while we're at it, why don't you guys do some of my movies? I know Zom covered my maximum conviction movie with Stone Cold Steve Austin who for the record is much better than Stone. Uh, Sylvester Stallone I. I very much enjoyed working with Stone Cold there's a reason I won't work with Stallone because he's a little prick and I'm going to break his fucking fingers
4: <laughs> They are not what?
3: Why don't you guys review some of my movies, all right? I'm, I'm we should do some Seagull. I got nothing against Ralph Lundgren, but I'm better than exploring. I'll break his fucking fingers. <laughs> right, I am I am you I am
4: was silver.
3: a In that movie, I, I don't remember the title of the movie. I don't need to remember my movie title. all right? I'm in them. I do it. It goes out. That's all that matters. If the end result is always the same, I'm going to break a motherfucker's fingers, and it makes money. Right? So, uh, review some of my movies. Or I'll break fucking fingers.
2: Yeah, maybe next week. Uh, so thanks, thanks, Fabian. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Fabian. Um, the <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we got a voicemail from a newly uh, MP3 recorded person thing. He got a new recorder. He's going to start sending us more stuff. Maybe. <sighs>
0: Still good, Honey.
6: It's James here from Australia. How are you going, <laughs> lads? uh I just wanted to call in and say how fucking awesome it was to hear all those entries in the karaoke competition last week, considering the week before I thought it had died in the water and no one was sending anything in. I just, this show's I dead in the just water. I was pulling up and getting ready for the like a turd. But yeah, it was like good a, to hear from When Sly you forgot to flush, again, it's just fluffy. Thing, and, uh, it must be pretty hard to sing a song with that accent. And uh and Paul Paul's video entry on um, Facebook was <laughs> something else entirely. He's got some fucking cojones, that boy. Jesus Christ. I don't That's think you see my ugly <laughs> there on Facebook Fluent. singing to you guys personally like that. Um, so good one Paul, that was fucking awesome. And Justin, well I ain't gonna be calling you out this time, son. Jesus, that was fucking that was a piece of work. I loved it. And I uh, hope you like my entry this week. And uh, I just spoiler like alert: to say, uh, all you guys really do have the eye of the tiger."
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So that's it. where that little thing went.
2: <laughs> yes. All right. Here's James. here's James' entry. Oh, Jesus. To eye of the tiger. What is that what is that noise? I don't get it. Iranian tobacco. Oh, okay.
6: Bubba. Uh, ready. <laughs> yeah.
2: I considered smoking before the show tonight. <laughs> that could've been disastrous. I've been singing this fucking song all week. I
4: know, me too.
2: Plugging people's names in and shit. (laughs)
5: I
0: am the tiger. (laughs) What
2: the hell did you just send me? I
0: am the tiger. Damn. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Awesome. I'll save that one i gotta save all these entries in case we need to review them later I'll delete steven Seagal. save that one all right
4: <laughs> the shed
2: awesome the uh, james entry from the shed we should put like a little uh maybe we'll put a little poll up on the poll put a poll up on the facebook group so our dwindling uh Fan base there. Can
4: yeah, what the fuck, people? <laughs> we Jesus post Christ.
2: titties. We post shit about movies. I don't know what to do anymore. You know, People just leave. People have to fucking just disappear. Yeah.
4: Maybe they got banned from Facebook. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe that's what it was.
2: <laughs> for, for posting fucking injected dicks on there. Man. Oh, wait, that was me. What? what? I don't know. Next, next feed sack. Last feed sack.
1: Hey, <laughs> there This is the best of the I thinking, you your know, days, I was talking about my fucking activity complex, I'm a fucking weakling. What the that? fuck does that mean, man? Thinking, you see that fucking <laughs> movie? I fucking put on a lot of weight for that role. I'm like a fucking fat slob <laughs> in that film. I fucking <laughs> stopped working out, fucking... You know, it's instead of working out for like seven hours a day, I was just fucking eating pancakes the whole fucking day. Just fucking <laughs> shoving my face with the food. I felt fucking disgusting. I imagine that's what Stone Cold Steve Austin feels like on a daily fucking basis. <laughs> 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 like, we
2: really need somebody to call in a s still as a <laughs> as uh, a uh, stone cold to like argue with <laughs> Sly.
4: I'm getting to where, I I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm getting to where I can't fucking understand what he's saying.
2: <laughs> he's getting a little slurrier.
4: Yeah. A, probably brain damage. <laughs> Sly, he's
1: fucking, look at him, he's just fat Sly, he's fucking brilliant in that film. <laughs> look at him, look at Sly, everyone's <laughs> watching Sly, they're not watching the fucking overactive man in that movie, they don't give a shit. They're just looking at Sly, he's moving his muscles. Sly is the fucking... The real deal, the one that everyone wants to see. That like fucking, you know, he ain't got his big muscles, but he's got a fucking big dick. Uh, he's fucking <laughs> going to fuck women in that film. You all know, I got to see it, man. He's fucking sly and shit. <laughs> that leads me on to my new Hello? movie. Bullet to the head. Fucking, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. If you haven't, I don't know why, because it's a fucking movie I made for the silver and gold fans. You know, all my fans listen to me until we go, they fucking love this fucking movie. It's the greatest action movie of all time, you know? (laughs) Fucking, there's one particular scene that I know you guys will fucking love. It got me in my underpants fighting against another man in his underpants. Fucking, slides, got all his muscles out of his fucking tattoos. And he's just fucking pounding away on this guy, and they're fucking fighting, and he's fucking, he's fucking brutal, man. He's fucking brutal. You know, I'm 66 year old, man. But I look like fucking, I'm like 40 or 20 or something. I'm, I don't look 66 years old. The <laughs> uh, fucking movie I'm working with is Asian, man. And i fucking making all the fucking racialist jokes and fucking being all racialisms on him. And fucking being, you know, just generally like silver gold light. I talk about fucking virgin cookies and fucking martial arts and tiger fucking pills and like all sorts of shit. But, you know, that's just a character. That's not me. That's not sly real life, you know. Fucking the Chinese women, Japanese... Taiwanese, fucking all the Asian women. I just fuck all of them, you know? I fucking love all the different women. And that leads me on to my next point, is this movie's got a lot of fucking big juicy titties in it. <laughs> fucking, I spent most of my time just fucking, when well, I was an acting, just jerking off. And fucking a lot of beautiful fucking juicy titties, man. Fucking, oh, you guys, fucking watch that, you got a big fucking just fucking start jerking it off and look at it slide on the pants and that's the fucking... The fucking... Oh, sorry, I got a bit of wet. Oh, 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 fucking big old juicy titties and fucking just fucking <laughs> doing a big jizz everywhere. It's fucking... Oh, man, the fucking... Yeah, I just get worked up thinking about the it. fucking, those fucking lovely fucking juicy titties, man. It's fucking, they're beautiful. Titties. It's lodgeless, man. It's fucking a lot of titties in that movie. So yeah, fucking put it to the air. You should go, pants. I fucking love this movie. It's the fucking, it's the fucking greatest action movie of all time. guarantee. Until it's a, until fucking, X-Menals sly three. said so you know. Don't fuck, fuck that stone Cold. Sly said so <laughs> I'm sly. I got a big dick. I got. Fucking brilliant movies. The fucking ghost here
5: it.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to wrap it up. Oh, somebody watched Exiled. Hmm.
4: I watched Exiled. Did we review that? Somebody reviewed it. We did. Maybe we did.
2: Uh speaking of Johnny Toe, so next week on the show, a thank you to everyone that fed us back. Fed us Is some the, sack.
4: <laughs> it's almost like inspired by the picture of the mutilated toenail. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, so next week we're doing a French man having his vengeance double feature. I know it's a little specific. Uh, we're doing a Johnny toe film, as I just mentioned. Um, this is 2009's vengeance starring Johnny holiday who looks like shit, but it's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Plastic Face. His eyeballs are fucking weird, dude. Um, and we're going to do a movie from 1975, um, which actually has the... Uh, he plays the... Uh, the He's the male lead in uh, Michael Haneke's new movie, Amour. Um, but this is 1975's uh, La Gression, or La Gression, or the... You know, what's the English name? Act of Aggression. Um, this is one that I got on an uh, uh, E-Fray each lay as well, and I've been getting <laughs> to watch for a while. So, Active Aggression, or La l'aggression and uh, Vengeance next week. Uh, you can always send us feedback to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or 1600 or Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes and silverandgold.com Gold.com and join our Facebook group or leave our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash silver and gold. Gold. Yeah. Dig it. I am fucking going to bed. I'm going on, let's see. I've been up for eighteen hours. Nice. Yay. Yay it's time to sleep. Um so, wait, nineteen hours I've been up. Awesome. Maybe I'll just make it 24 or even it out. Uh Zam, do you have anything else to add this week, sir?
4: No, I don't. The, I'm going to uh, go watch, finish watching Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I might um, watch all 3.
2: The um um the contest is still going on for Eye of the Tiger, so if anybody else has an entry, please send it to us or send us some you can drop it on our Facebook group if you want to do a video like Paul um or send us an MP3 or a voicemail singing it. And uh, all we ask is effort. It's all we ask. We don't necessarily reward talent. It's all about. It's mm. all
4: about the effort. Maybe. Uh, humiliating Maybe. yourself?
2: Yes. Be, be, if you're willing to look an ass, you got a chance.
5: Yeah, take it. Uh,
2: all right. That's it. We're done. Until next we week. We are done.
0: This yes. Is. Life. Yeah. Oot.
4: Tom.